hyperbole. Proprietary algorithms. Welcome to episode 127 of the TryGames.net podcast. It is now Saturday, March, not March anymore, April 4th. Wow, that was pretty bad. It's yes. April 4th. It's episode 127, and we have a gang of ladies along with me. I'm your host, Austin, Mr. Chupon, as we are usually known on the site. This is Al. Following events occur between 12 and 1 p.m. on the day of the TryGames.net podcast. Damn it, there's a bomb! Ah, uh, <laughs> son of a bitch. And we have PT. Uh, I'm up and shit. Yeah, because it's after 12. And Slunkadunka. It's March 35th. Hey, hey, that's my line. Uh, and uh, in reference to Al's little quip there, it is because uh, I have been sending him off on a marathon to complete the first season so that he can be addicted to crack, which is the show. Hell yeah. And, I can get uh, behind that. Well, yesterday we had meant to do well, – yesterday being Friday, depending on when you listen to this. But yesterday we had meant to do, um, I think, just to have him catch up to where his fiance is. And we ended up going an extra disc over, which is about three more hours. So uh, he left my place uh, with the fiance at 4.10 in the morning. Nice. Which is why we're recording. That, uh, that is a Jack Bauer power hour right there. Power what, 5, 6, that... 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 1, 2, 3. Power 11 hours. Yeah. <laughs> That's so much damn it. So much <laughs> son, of, son a of a bitches. Damn yeah. it. <laughs> Can't officially cuss on Fox. Yeah. Um, I sound but, like Shatner now. Oh yeah, what the hell's up with that? Go on, Austin. Uh, well, so I'd like to know, what is up with you? No, uh, <laughs> I had my trial bite up there, and Pete has his trial bite coming up, but uh, since Al was occupado with uh, Jack Bowerness, I'm going to assume what you've been playing is 24. Me? I've been playing a lot more than 24. Oh, what are you playing? Gah, who? I say, why are you playing? Oh, um... Gahu? I play some Guitar Hero Metallica, some God Hand, some Mad World, mm. some mm. Tino Gears. Let, let me mm. ask you something about God Hand, because I was playing Mad World when Evelyn walked into the house before we started watching 24, before you came. Mm-hmm. And I was playing Mad World, and she was just like, oh, God, this is violent. And I'm like, yeah, it's good for the kids. And she, She's like, seen oh. it before. You know, I know she has. And she was, she was like... Yeah, all the guys, all the games you guys play have like blood in them, and then there's this one that Owl plays where like the special move is to spank a girl. I'm like, what? Yeah. And then I imagine that was God Hand. So sure was. What, what's up with that? There's a lot of weird shit in God Hand. That's all. <laughs> I mean, it ranges from Power Rangers to spanky, spanky. Uh, an openly gay duo to um, <laughs> Um There's, let's see, uh. There's these three characters that just keep coming back, and one of them is this like big, like muscle-bound dude with spikes on his hands. Like so, he's a dominatrix. No, he's he's like a ram. He's got horns on his head and stuff. Um, then there's another guy who's like this skinny dude with a boomerang, and then there's the girl who has a whip. Um, she's not really dominatrix, but she's looks like one. Dominatrix girl is uh, she's actually one. one. Uh, yeah, one? she actually okay. kind of is one. Uh, <laughs> one of the bosses is a fat guy uh, named Elvis, <laughs> and he speaks in like uh, that like Cuban Dominican like Gabron accent. Except he's Elvis. 
Well, his name is Elvis. <laughs> and V's. Um, yeah, let's see. What else is there? <clears throat> there's, there's your classic rival. You know, the one who has the exact same abilities as you do, except better. And you got uh-huh. Um, yeah, and also known moves. as Ash from Streets of Rage 3. No, not like that. Um, <laughs> then there's mm. other things like the moves. You get these really crazy ass moves where uh, one is called the Ball Buster. And basically oh, yeah, like, I've seen that one. You turn around and then the guy like walks up to you and then you just basically kick your foot back and like kick the balls and the bell rings. Like, kick people in the spaceship. In space. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. You like kick them and they like fly out out of the atmosphere it's, and then they yeah. come back if they still have energy. Um, <laughs> yeah. But wait, that was more. Um, oh, like they're, they're, that's a dragon kick. That that's really funny. Um, sure you and also uh, the one inch punch kind of does that too. Uh, a lot of really funny. Like, wait, the one inch punch sends you sends you flying. Yeah, because basically you know what a one inch punch is. He like right. stands there and his fist barely moves, wow. and the person just like flies eight thousand feet away. Um, what else? What else? What else? What else? Why um, there's a whole bunch and of the game is made by regular... huh? Oh damn! I was gonna say and... well, I was gonna give you time to think and fill a plug, which was and the game is made by Club Studios, who also made Okami. Go That's buy that true. game. Very true, and Beautiful Joe, and Beautiful Joe too, um, and indirectly Mad World, and indirectly yeah. Mad World, yes. So. Technically, they have moves like punches and kicks and shit, you know, regular shit. Then they have slap moves as punches. Like, there's the pay-up move, which is basically a slap. <laughs> then there's, there's the really pay-up move, which is like pay-up level two. Uh, Uh-oh. Which is just a stronger version of pay-up. There's the pimp they, hand they and put, the pimp they smack. They pay more money. Um, there's moves that make people angry. Like, you know, uh, charge up a move, you like punch them. And after you punch him, he basically like raises his arms in the air, like "Hey, hey, yeah, I'm a man," and it makes people mad, uh, which increases your level, <laughs> your libido. Uh, the, the, oh, speaking of libido, there's a tension bar, which <laughs> <laughs> when it maxes out, you can use Spreaking the guy hand to full potential, and you basically can beat the crap out of people. And there's an item, a card of like a girl with a bikini, and she's got her arms around her head. You know, like that yeah. pose. And the classic. When you, grab it, when you grab it, your tension bar maxes out. <laughs> yeah. Mm. And oh, there was also a, a, a scene in the game where, like. Wait, wait, what to... happens when your tension releases? Oh, you, you have grab to. You, you unleash the god hand and you beat the crap out of, like, whoever you're fighting. Because you, you're able to attack without any delay. It's really fast. Really strong. That was, that so, was more a rhetorical question. Oh, I'm sorry. But with the, that with is the what bikini girl. It's actually kind of reassuring to have the true answer. So Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, there, this is one stage. Uh, I forget what it's called. It's like uh, get a kiss by a pretty girl or something like that. And you're in this, like you're on this walkway. And there's this girl running on another walkway that you can't get to. All you have to do is throw these boxes at the guys who are trying to attack her. Mm-hmm. And every time you throw a box at the guy, she goes a little further, and then she falls down, and another guy comes out. And if you allow her to make it to the end, she opens the... Her legs. No. She opens a little <coughs> uh, walkway that allows her to get to where you are, and then she gives you a kiss, and your tension maxes out. And then you like, <laughs> beat the crap out of it. And then you release. Great play. Oh, let's not talk about that. <laughs> uh, but right now... Right now in 
uh, God Hand on, on stage five. No, not stage five. Stage Some stage. Three. No, I can't be on stage three because I've passed it. Some stage. I'm checking right now. Uh, yeah, I am stage, stage five. Uh, the subtitle of this level is, oh no, Human Horseshoes. It's like the first <laughs> What? Of, yeah, it's the first part of stage five. Uh-oh. Human. So, I, that sounds like a good Mad World challenge. Yeah, it does. It 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 it's, it feels like they they carried over a lot of the insane shit from God Hand into Mad World, like not not yeah. not directly, but just like the the whole motif concepts. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see what else has people been playing. The Slunk, since you don't do trilobites. Tony, what have you been playing? Um, um. <laughs> fuck Sony. Um, fuck Tony. That's my best Tony impression right there. Um, school. That sounded very effeminate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fuck Sony. Oh. Good job, they're bunks. Yeah, uh, lots, lots of school. Holy shit, school! I thought I'm you were still. Sure. I thought you still had a week left of spring break. No, 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 no. It, uh-huh. ended, it ended that that last Sunday. So <laughs> I keep on feeling like every other day it's gonna end, and it doesn't. Well, it ended. Yeah, and then it <laughs> ended. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like I, I think Sunday I went. All right, this this week is gonna go by so fast because I'm gonna be so busy. Right. When I, I know when I get to the end of the week, I'm gonna look back and be like, "Was that really a whole week?" And yeah, yeah sure enough, I did. <laughs> Yesterday was like my first chance to even think about hanging out with anybody. I was like, "Wow, it's already Friday." Um, <laughs> but I glug did glug play, bitch. I did play some Guilty Gear Double X, something like that. Uh, yesterday, with which some system? Huh? Which system? I think it was the PS2 version. Might have been Guilty Gear Double X Pound Sign. Oh no no no! Pound Sign Reloaded was it's for Xbox. Double-X. Okay. Yeah, it was alright. Um, Pound Sign. Cool fighting game. Uh, awesome soundtrack. So unbalanced that everybody's balanced. Yes. Uh, pretty much everybody just run at each other and fucking hit sh- hit shit. That's the essence of of Guilty Gear to me so far. Um, and then I played a little bit of Street Fighter Four and pissed a friend off because he couldn't beat me with with when I was using Zangief. Um, <laughs> And then I, I, I unfortunately have to say that I, I bought a game that was on the Genesis yesterday. Uh, I actually had somebody Why buy it for me. And it, and it rhymes with fuck you. Uh, fuck you? No, but you're close. <laughs> <laughs> Suck you? No. Uh, it has a basketball player in it. Uh, Shaq oh, Fu. Shaq Fu. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> Shaq doesn't rhyme with never <laughs> I can, but um, at least in a different language. Um, More like frack you. Yeah. <laughs> By the that way, the, na- the, the name of that pound sign game is Guilty Gear Double X Pound Sign Reload. Okay. Not the, not necessarily the one you played, but there is one that's called Guilty Gear Double X Pound Sign Reload for PS2, which is one of the most ridiculous names I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't play that one. Um, yeah, I, I I bought it intentionally so I can. I'm probably gonna get it framed and then send that to. <laughs> And send it to Giant Bomb. Why? So, <laughs> because I made cool videos. And they didn't post on their website. No, it's it's <laughs> because they have a they have a um, they have a funny poster of just Shaq's head. So I figure. Oh yeah, so I've seen can, that. Yeah, they they can put that next to it or something. Yeah, that they love Shaq Crew so much. So. Oh my God. Oh. Anyway, it'll be awesome. So yeah, that's really I've been playing so, a little bit. Subscribe to Shaq's there, Twitter. Huh? You should subscribe to Shaq's Twitter. No. At the real underscore Shaq. The underscore real underscore Shaq. Ethan, what have you been playing? Um, Israel. No, he'd say Hitman, and then that's it. Uh, Oh, that's right. (laughs) That's it. Hitman. Hitman. 
Hitman. Wait, wait, one second. I gotta check Shaq's oh. Twitter now, cause now, now that you brought up Shaq, where is he? There's a whole bunch of Sean Elliott Twitters that I want to go past because you know they're disgusting. Uh, come on, Shaq. Come on, Shaq. Say something about how you lost two games in a row to shitty teams. Come on. Oh, and also, um, it'll be too late by. Well, I don't know. Podcast will probably be up. Uh, Friday, April 10th. I have my presentation to do on uh, how writing in the industry gaming industry is, is different than writing and, and harder in my opinion than writing in any, any other industry at least reviews wise so I'm preparing for that uh, you can go to my blog which I will pitch at the end of the show and feel free to comment about awesome. it awesome I get have. to edit it out huh? I said awesome I get to edit your pitch out no right in the middle of it it's going to be like giantbomb.com slash user slash sl- <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that was enough of an edit it's all right. It's a, it's a it's a it's a gimme to slunks. Yep. For being such a happy soul. Sure. Damn, it's been a s'mores pop tarts. So I'm happy. S- s'mores pop tarts. Yeah. yeah. The real Shack on seven at seven twenty eight p.m. on April second says hi. Awesome. That's that's all. That that's his entire Twitter is hi. Awesome. That's how busy awesome. he is. He's so busy. That's how busy. He's so tall. And so big. So gangsta. That's all he has time for. So gangsta. He is seven one and pounds. Many pounds. 330 pounds, in fact. So, okay. Uh, let us go to our mailbag to kick things off before we go on to stuff with news and stuff to talk. Yes. Um, this comes from James Conner slash Dende on the Giant Bum. Thank you for your email, and thanks for Slunks for working it. Mm-hmm. Um, I work it all the time. Uh-oh. That's kind of scandalous. All right. With the recent announcement of Yu Suzuki's retirement from Sega, I started thinking back to his arcade contributions over the years. Classics such as Afterburner, Outrun, and Virtua Fighter Fighter, Fighter, were requirements of any good arcade way back then. Even such extremes as the R360 were products of his crazy Japanese man simulator spawning mind. So I was wondering what you guys thought were some classic arcade machines that any arcade could not do without, and also maybe some crazy arcade machines you remembered, like the R360, which is Think Afterburner with a 360-degree rotating cock pit. Yes. I got what one. say you, Al? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes. <laughs> yes. I've spent that- many a quarter in many a video store. Would you say specifically that one or any one of its variants, like the X-Men my game tell, or the Simpsons tell. game? Um, Technically, that specifically mm-hmm. is just like that game in and of itself is probably I think one maybe the most popular and most well besides the Simpsons, those two I think would be yeah. the most popular for those are my two favorites. <laughs> uh I think that if you were to take a general poll of people, they would probably say that those two are what you know, one maybe over the other depending on who answers. Those two right. would probably be the shittest. I'm going to throw in a vote for House of the Dead 2. Oh, nice. I mean, I would have put, like... I would have put something like L.A. Machine Guns or 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 um, or Time Crisis, but I think there's something about zombies in an arcade mm-hmm. that kind of has that attraction because it makes it, like, a like an amuse- more of an amusement park type thing instead of, like, you know, shooting dudes versus shooting zombies, come get some! Ah! You know, it's... A, yeah. Pete. Um... Wait, what's the, am I supposed to say what I... That's yeah, my well, favorite game of all time. What would you put in as a... 
as a must-have arcade game. See, back in the heyday of arcades, I would say that every arcade would need to have like some version of Gauntlet. Oh, mm-hmm. yes, That's true. Yeah. Um, but I also like that. Uh, I don't remember the name of it, but there was that like holographic game that our arcade had. Uh, when back when arcades were popular and stuff, I can't remember the name. Of it. it was like, do you guys know what I'm talking about? Like, it was like in a big, like a like a white standing table machine thing, and it like had a holographic. It was like mm-hmm. a Dragon's Lair style game where it was just like uh, quick time events, but it was holographic. Um, hmm. Anybody know I what the hell I'm talking it. about? I I really don't, but I I for some reason like there's some small part of me that that Sounds might th- yeah that might know what you're talking about, but I don't think I've ever seen it. It was all sci-fi and futuristic, and I just remember it was like you know like. It was like full motion video, but holographic, <laughs> and you could like you know pass your hand through the people, and like I said, it was all quick time events. I'm sure somebody out there, if anybody listening uh, knows the name of it, somebody's got to know the name of it. Yeah, you know, email it in. But uh, there was definitely a game like that which I our local arcade machine had, and whenever our or bleh, our local arcade had, and every time I went to it, that was one of the games I always played. Hmm. But that's because I like quick time event games, and I love Dragon Slayer, which is also. A good arcade game. I thought you disliked them. I must have heard wrong. Oh well. I dislike them in current gen oh, games. Oh, I, I love old you like school. Them in like, old I love Dragon's Lair. I see. Slunk, what do you think? Um, I'll say uh, I don't know. Recent times, like probably late '90s and stuff. Not to go back too far, but like DDR, DDR machines have always been kind of like the saving grounds of any the, like life in the in the still beating heart of arcades. Mm. Um, True. Past that, um, I actually brought up because I was talking to Jim mere seconds before the podcast. Um, I brought up I cannot believe that there was never a Streets of Rage cabinet ever in history. And right? He was like, wow, you are right because <laughs> that is totally like the perfect game. It's uh, at least Streets of Rage two for me. But um, oh, going back, um, probably I, I'd like to say like Marble Madness or something because man, Ooh. Marble Madness is awesome and. That's like one of the, the few trackball games out there that actually work really well. Mm-hmm. Um, gave you an idea. I never played it in a game now that has a trackball. Golden Tee Golf. Oh yeah, that's true. That yeah. yeah. Though is that a classic arcade choice or more of a drunken pub choice? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm trying I to think. Three. Al, go ahead. Mortal Kombat. Well, oh yeah, Mortal Kombat. Mortal two. Kombat. I put two. I yeah, I'd say two. Al, what were you, what were your three? You said you had three. Yeah. Oh, um, okay. <clears throat> Two classics that I think any arcade cannot do without is um, any version of Street Fighter 2. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And Arkanoid. Arkanoid! Oh, you... Oh, I was going to say Arkanoid! Aha. do crazy arcade machine that I remember that I will never, ever, ever forget that I wish that I could play again, but I doubt that I will be able to, is the Fist of the North Star arcade game. What? Oh, yeah. Uh, the Korean arcade game with the punching bag. Oh bags. shit! There's uh, it basically has two punching pads, and the objective of the game is you play as Ken and you fight all the guys from uh, Hokuto Ken, and they basically go into these like it's not full motion video because it's all animated, but it's like cutscene type of gameplay, mm-hmm. and you hit the pads in order to hit the bad guys during certain scenes, and you can also I think block. Or by hitting the pad when they attack you, like you, you attack with an attack. Uh-huh. And if you get to a point where the enemy is critical, you can do Ken's signature move, the 100 fists. 
Oh, and right. in order to do the hundred fists, Up you actually North hit Star. the pads as quickly as you can. <laughs> I think if you, you you can do it up to a hundred times in the however like four or five second period, I think it gets shorter and shorter as it gets as you get further along in the game, and you know you're like, <laughs> and um, <laughs> and it, it's so awesome to like you you really feel like you're in the game like you're you can and then. When you finish playing, you're so tired and you're so mm-hmm. you, you're, you have the illest adrenaline rush, and I've never really seen a game that was that interactive um, since. Right. I got a I got a game, and then uh, actually I gotta I gotta bring back something I said before as the crazy machine. It's not as crazy as like your one or the R360, but um, the game I was gonna say that should be in in the classic arcade space harrier. <sighs> just yeah. just because. And then um, the crazy machine that I the, the the one that I remember in most recent memory is is Ellie machine guns because the fucking guns are so huge because <laughs> they they're like um I think I remember them they're so big they have to be mounted on shit you can't even like, like hold the size them yourself of a small kid or something yeah they're like they're, they're like the size of my nephew they're who was just who was just born yesterday yay congratulations yeah. the day before yesterday not my sister don't worry no anybody listening who knows my sister knows she did not get strangely pregnant. It's my hmm. friend from grade school. So you could stop offering oh, to beat people up. So you're not a I'm real uncle. Really no, I'm not a real That was the most off-topic, like, quickest off-topic <laughs> transition ever. <laughs> no, I put that in my status on my Facebook, and people were just like, who do I have to beat up? Who knocked your sister up? I'm like, no, oh, oh. no, no. Anyway, yeah, Ellie Machine Guns is the size of a little baby and that, that shoots bullets out of its mouth. It's half of a doorway long. It's half of a doorway long. <laughs> oh, I got a Bring classic. My measurement from last week. It's a bassinet. What'd you say, Al? I got a classic. What's it? Daytona. Oh, yeah, Daytona. I yeah. yeah. I was going to say Outrun, but it was like he already mentioned that, so I got to think of another racing game that also did, you know, that, that was LA also popular. Rush. Or any Rush. Oh, mm, that, that that works. San Francisco Rush, LA Rush. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, how about Cruise in USA? No, that game sucked. <laughs> yeah, I think NBA anything. Jam. NBA Jam, that's a good one. That's a really good one. Um, Speaking of... Um, Marvel's Capcom. Too. Well, Marvel vs. Capcom 2, definitely. Uh, speaking of Yu Suzuki, <clears throat> his crazy arcade machine, another one of his, is um, a Ferrari Challenge, F355 Challenge. Mm-hmm. The three screens. Oh, shit. It, it was powered by four Dreamcasts. Because wow. it was like, um, it was front views and the two side views and also rear view. And then huh. you had the whole like system. It really looked like a car kind of on the front. Uh-huh. And with some of the cabinets had that, you sit in them, and you have the full gear shift, you have the wheel, and you have all these little buttons where you can select how the game can assist you and whatnot, because it's supposed to be a a real Ferrari simulator, since Yu Suzuki owns a Ferrari, and he loves Shit. this thing. Um, oh, I got a classic slash crazy arcade game that I don't even really clearly remember, but I know from my childhood, and that was Tron. Oh, yeah. Tron, the one that you oh. sit in. I never played that. Um, I remember playing it, but I was so young that I couldn't really get it. But I always wanted to play that game. I remember. There's that. a there's a place about five minutes away from here called Crab Crabtown, USA, and uh, mm-hmm. it's actually a place where um, Nolan Bushnell's been, uh, Mr. Atari himself, Mr. And, Chuck uh, E. Cheese. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure it has a Tron cabinet, but it doesn't work. Oh. Ah. Ooh. Just for nostalgia, the Star Wars arcade game. 
The shitty looking the, vector oh, one. Oh, the, the old one? The shitty one? vector looking one, yeah, yeah. Oh, the vector one. Yeah. I was thinking about um the Return of Jedi, the the speeder game. That was a good one, too. I never played that one. I loved it. Speaking Ooh. of a game like that, um, Spy Hunter. Yeah, I, I was going to say that because when I... Um, when I'd go play that game in this one place in uh, on the boardwalk in Atlantic City, um, there was a Spy Hunter machine directly next to the Star Wars arcade machine. So that's nice. I always associate the two each other. Pete has a great question in the chat. He says, "What's everyone's favorite ticket redemption scam game?" Ski ball. I gotta say, ski ball. I say basketball. The one with the moving hoop. And it goes back. You it's, got a three yeah, pointer. Sparked this, uh, spark this memory when I was like five years old in this arcade. Uh, and I would take the ski balls and try to run up the side and push the, like put them in the. <laughs> and then I remember, I remember the arcade guy just yelling at me. He was like, "No, can't do that." I was like, "Oh, okay." I have two. And then I kept trying. Oh. Pete has two. Um, I don't know if anyone remembers. There was a like I think it was called Tin Can Alley or something. It was just like with big ass trash cans, and you threw balls in them when the cat's heads popped up. No, no. I, some, I, that. I, I know Japan some variety of that. Some variety in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> um and then uh the other one is like it's a newer one uh it's i think it was called like it's called like uncle fester's funhouse or something i don't know what? all i know is it's got two sticks that you hold they're metal sticks you and sure they're supposed to be they're supposed to be quote unquote shocking you um it's like uncle fester from them oh and you sit in like, a chair right and no you no just... you just stand there oh, you just okay. stand there and hold these two metal sticks and it's supposed to be shocking you but it's really just oh, vibrating yeah, right yeah, yeah. yeah i know what you're talking about yeah the but the I... one that i did was you, you had to sit in a chair and do it and like the, it was the same thing oh, okay um, the, the, not my favorite, but like one of the more ridiculous ones is, uh, there's this machine that is, has a whole bunch of quarters in it. And, oh yeah. You and throw like, your quarter in there and, yeah, you yeah. put your quarter in there and there's a moving ledge that pushes like the quarters oh. to the edge <laughs> and you're supposed to try to, to drop in your quarter such that your quarter, um, like knocks more quarters. Yeah, knocks more, more, more quarters off the edge off, more off the edge off. Knocks more quarters off the edge because it, when it, when the, when the, when the ledge pushes your quarter, your quarter then pushes everybody else's quarters. But that only, that only ends up pushing it back into the pile. And so everybody thinks like, oh, I'm gonna be the one to, you know, push over all these quarters. But it's just like the only way that this game works is if other people have failed before you. It's like the <laughs> lotto. Like the yeah. lottery is worth nothing if nobody buys the tickets. So, but that game is so much better when it gives out actual quarters yeah, instead of tickets. Instead of tickets, yeah. Like, I oh, think, you pushed down twenty-seven quarters. Here's some tickets. I think. Uh, <laughs> I think the most traditional, uh, like, ticket game is where you insert a quarter and then the light goes around in circles. Um, and you have to hit the button. And you have to hit the button on like the centerpiece, and like uh, that gets you like ten tickets. And then on the sides, it's like zeros or ones. Um, oh yeah, 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 I saw that too. Yeah. yeah, it's like the most traditional that I can think. of. Al has uh, 77 thoughts. Yeah, I do, of course. Um, <laughs> two games that are similar, like a, one was a classic and the other one was kind of like a redo, and they're both yeah, classic you. arcade machines. Uh, Robotron 2084 and Smash TV. Mm-hmm. Dual Those stick shooters, right? Definitely, like, can't do without. One for the yeah. older crowd and one for the younger crowd. If anybody has no idea what Al's talking about because you're all youngins, maybe not, uh, listening out there, just imagine the precursor to Geometry Wars. Well, Robotron's on the arcade Xbox Live Arcade. Right, right. Robotron is basically old Geometry Wars kind of yeah. sort of thing, and Smash TV was similar, except you go through rooms. Oh, Smash TV's on there too. And yeah, collect VCRs. <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. many. That's I have one hundred and seventy-three. We're gonna do all these VCRs. <laughs> um, <and> the other, <laughs> What's your What are your seventy-three thoughts? The other one is uh, 
their sports games. One was a an arm wrestling game. Oh, and you with the real to, fist, right? Yeah, with Not the, the real fist, but arm. The arm. Out. Yeah, and you had to play against the that, and then there was a, a it was the boxing game that became Buster Douglas boxing. I forget what it was called. I think it was called like Final Bout or something like that. It was and the one actually, that was from the side view, right? Um. Oh wait, no, I'm not talking about that one. But yeah, that's 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 the um side view one. What I'm talking about is a first person game. And oh, you put your fit your hands in those. It, that's a du- double yes. joystick game, right? You put your hands yeah, they, in the they, in the little they had the plastic cups plastic cup glove thingies, and you swing yeah. the things to punch. Those are awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that too. I remember yeah, that I it was like it was, it was like bike handles. Yeah, exactly. And um, I'm, I'm sorry I, they I, aren't ticking games, but I, I can't stand ticket games. I'd rather play real games. Um, me too, but. <laughs> And then, Every oh. once in a while, you got to divulge in, you know, stupidity. Mm-hmm. I've, now, I've now bought also... many. Mm-hmm. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say because we were talking about that, it reminded me of Punch Out, which is a game that I can never really get to play because it was always under um, where I was. It was always under Nintendo Play Choice, which is basically like put in, in a quarter for two minutes. Yeah, I hate that thing. Yeah, but uh, I, uh, I, I remember I, I've bought many, a, many a useless plastic toy soldier with my ticket redemptions. <laughs> I resolved never as an adult. I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna go for the Airheads and the taffy. Just give, give me the candy, cause at least I could eat it. You know, I can't eat a plastic. So- or can I? Hmm. See, I'd I'd rob, like the ticket, uh, the ticket. How trading booth? I I would just put. I would go with you the just gun. Roll up with the forty-five. And I would steal all the things that require a hundred tickets and less, but not steal the expensive. Stuff. Oh, I thought you said. I would, as in, like, in the past, you would do that. Oh, no. By the way, my, yeah, I have a history of crime of robbing Yes, Ro- robbing ticket stores. Yes. Okay, Not I got two stores. final ones. Okay, what are they? Oh, jeez. One We're still going. Is, yes, and this is it for me, because I can go all day with this shit. One okay. is uh, Sega Super GT, which is um, kind of like a better version of Daytona, but it didn't really take off. Because people mm-hmm. were so hooked on the Daytona and the like twenty five player version, um, and then there was uh, Super GP or motor- it was the motorcycle game where you like sit on a motorcycle, but it was in the same vein as Hang On except it wasn't Hang On. Yeah, no, I'm sorry, yeah, yeah. I didn't mention Virtual One, and that's yeah. Voot. Well, that only came out in Japan, but the original oh. Virtual One came out here. And that used to have cabinets you could sit in. That was a good game. Yeah. Yeah, I played it once at uh, Dave and Buster's. Mm-hmm. On, on stand up or sit down? Ah, uh, stand up. Ah, uh, yes. Sit down is so awesome. I'm gonna put my last vote in for uh, this one final game, even though it's not that great a game, especially when you consider out that it, consider that like it's it's not aged very well on the home systems and whatnot. But like in the arcade with friends, it's great. I when go, I'm going to say Golden Axe. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. That was right. The original, I'll put one? my final the original for Primal Rage. Primal I'm Rage. Oh, jeez, that kidding. was terrible. <laughs> oh god, that was terrible. That. Oh my god. Any other? Any of you guys have last ones before we move on to um top uh, news newses? No, <laughs> no, no, no. All right, we're moving on.
We're on this sort of news. Uh, uh, Al and I were very poor at collecting buckets because we were watching 24 all week and day. So, um, but we do have a little bit of bucket um, bucket goodness. Uh, let's see. So this first one, um, this is from Giant Bomb. The Mortal Kombat team says to Midway, later. Uh, this is what Brad says. Um, Kotaku is reporting that the Mortal Kombat team, arguably Midway's most important set of developers at this point, I would say, um, and inarguably the people behind its most important property, is looking to leave the company en masse and form a new studio under the auspices of a healthier publisher. And this is the quote. The MK team, which comprises of about 50 developers, is said to be in discussion discussions with a handful of unnamed publishers with senior members of the group handling negotiations for a possible exodus for Midway. According to Midway, sources who wish to remain anonymous, one of the catalysts for the move is a lack of payment and bonuses due to NK team members based on meeting Mortal Kombat vs. DCU, univer DCU universe. Wow. Mortal Kombat vs. DCU sales targets. If the MK team, who are apparently not under contract at Midway, does find a new studio to call home at a publisher other than Midway, the fighting game franchise may not go with them. That, as well as having to abandon work on the follow-up to MK vs. DC, tentatively titled Mortal Kombat 9, was going to be tough. That would hmm. suck. I'm not going to play a Mortal Kombat that's not by the Mortal Kombat team, even though if they ham it up, it's stupid. I still play the stupid game because it's stupid and it's a Mortal Kombat team. What? <laughs> where, do, where, does, where does Ed Boon fall in all of this? Is he on the MK team or is he on Midway? That, that's a good question. I do not know. I think... Well, okay, the, the thing is, is that I think the MK team is still part... is Midway. They're just saying that the little subdivision that does Mortal Kombat, right. like they're all banding to banding together and saying, you know what, fuck you guys. So, right. so technically, Which... I would say that Ed Boon is part of Midway, but like since he's part of the of the group, he would leave. Yeah, yeah. It looks like uh, according to Wikipedia, he's the lead programmer, uh, co-creator, of course. But no, it doesn't Cybot. look like he's. It looks like he's a part of the Midway um, team. Mortal Kombat team. Bring back John Tobias. <laughs> yeah. For at least one game, see what happens. Because say about. because what was it? Uh, what was the Tao Feng Fist of the Lotus was shit. <laughs> um, any 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 commentary on this this uh potentially potentially good news, but also sad news for Midway. Um, yeah. according to Wikipedia, and something I didn't know, Ed Boon is Dominican. <laughs> Ed Boon, really? A Boon, A Boon, A Boon, Eduardo Boon, Eduardo Boon, Eduardo Bunka. Bunko, yes. bunko, 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 bunko. Yes. I hope that, I hope that, um, I hope that they don't go to Activision, because oh god no, because yeah. and 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 I know that you know they were kind of milking the Mortal Kombat thing for a while back there. I think that's a different situation because Midway was in the shitter and they needed money. Yep. So they had to do it, which doesn't make it okay, but I can just feel it getting even more ridiculous with Activision. Mm-hmm. Like. They'll have Mortal Kombat versus DC. Then they'll have Mortal Kombat versus DC Two. Then they'll have Mortal Kombat versus DC versus Marvel versus He Man. All right, and it'll be like an expansion <laughs> pack that they release on a single disc for sixty dollars, like every other, every six months. Okay? Versus He Man. Yeah, and versus then they'll like Cobra Commander. Then they'll have like downloadable characters that fit into your Mortal Kombat versus DC game, but they won't fit in with your Mortal Kombat versus DC Two game. <clears throat> Aerosmith because they didn't look ahead. And uh, and then like you'll care. be able, you'll, huh? Or didn't care? Or didn't care, right? And then you'll have like uh, a, a new peripheral to play Mortal Kombat with, and that being like a plastic drum set with a guitar embedded in the middle of it, like <laughs> a head being impaled with a spike, like in Mad World. And that was a total tangent. But uh, yes, I, I don't know. I just, 
I, I've said this before, but but just thinking about Bobby Kotick's smarmy ass face saying, "We are looking for properties to exploit year after year." I'm just like, oh god, Ooh. just yeah. bash your head against the wall, please. Mm-hmm. I Maybe mean, we should go to Square Enix, Tecmo, whatever they are now. Square Enix, <laughs> Square, make Square Eidos, Eidos, make yeah. MK Ear guys. Square Eidos Nicks. Make a Mortal Kombat RPG Tomb Raider. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Limit break is tearing off someone's head and then shoving it down their stomach. Yep. Um, <laughs> and looking pretty while doing so. I, somebody on another podcast mentioned this, and I could see this happening. Them doing something with 2K and having the Rockstar, having like a division of Rockstar taking it over. That would be insane. That would be good. That's that's really the only good choice I can think of because like, all I can think about now is Activision. So. Uh, I wouldn't I would mind them going to, Capcom, to EA. But... Not anymore. Maybe. I would have minded back in the day, but I right. think they've I think they've proven themselves to have gotten been you know, to becoming a, a more kind of I, I hate to sound snobby about this, but a more honorable studio, you know? That's not really kind snobby. of. But uh what were you saying, uh Pete? I said I would like them to go to Capcom because Street Fighter vs. Mortal Kombat? Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> I haven't liked the Mortal Kombat games since UMK three and Capcom still makes fighting games that I enjoy. Right. So maybe yeah. they could teach the you know, Mortal Kombat team a thing or two. <laughs> Yeah. But Mortal Kombat to me has been less about like the uh the tightness of the engine and just like experimenting with special moves. So once you I guess once but... you kind of acknowledge that then like it's all right cuz it's not it like a lot of people, you know, just kind of dismiss it as oh it's only there for the fatalities. There's something to it. It's just not the sim it's not the same type of gameplay. It's just like how um people sometimes just don't get Tekken or don't get 3D fighting games. It's just a yeah. different experience. Yeah. But see the thing is like I know there's something to it. I'm just not what's into what's there. That's like, what, but that's exactly what I'm saying. It's it's that's why I brought up Tekken. Like some people, yeah. like like me, like I just don't like what Tekken's about. In me fact, either. I hate it. Uh. I really hate it. It's not fluid. It's chunky. But like, there's some subset of people that you know enjoy being able to string those combos together and, and, and time it. And that's I think I think Mortal Kombat has kind of that its own like little little um little niche because for a while there though see there's this thing like you're talking about the post UMK3 ones like anything from the GameCube PS2 Xbox era started trying to go down the Tekken route and yeah. like I only bought them for the fatalities and then I was like you know what this sucks but then I put in Mortal Kombat versus DC and it's like it kind of went back to the heavy hitting like low amount of hits per combo like 4 to 5 max but it was like more about like timing the right hits and timing the special moves and, do- and juggling mm-hmm. and all that shit so it was less annoying for me but, like, I would not want to see Mortal Kombat turn into Street Fighter because Mortal Kombat is Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter is Street Fighter. Well, it doesn't have to turn into Street Fighter, but it can go back to its, like, you know, core roots, which but, is, like, but, I think it's still straying too far. Even with MK versus DC, they have all the superfluous shit in there that I don't want in my fighting game. Such as, are you talking about the core fighting engine or just the extraneous stuff? Like, what? The extraneous stuff, like, like the busting through the wall thing and, like, the falling off the edges thing and stuff. Like, all that extra shit that, I think, like... I- Takes yeah. a, to me takes away from the fight. I think that I, I actually want it to be in there. I think it needs to stay in there because then what you have is Mortal Kombat. I, it's the same argument. It's the same debate that we had about Street Fighter Four versus Street Fighter Two. It's like I think that you know it needs to have the new stuff in there. Otherwise, it's just the same old shit again. And I don't want to spend sixty dollars on the same old shit again when I could just play the same old shit. Whereas, yeah. whereas like you actually want that you want the new characters but you don't want it to change too much so it's just it's kind of, it, that's another thing that's a different preference there yeah. but I, I like I actually like the wall thing just because it's like Mortal Kombat 2 as much as I hate to say it as much as I love it like if, if I play it for hours on end it just gets it just gets samey 
and like at least the wall stuff and shit throws a little bit into the hat. Like not having friendships, I'm okay with. Friendship and and, and not friendship. Friendship. You have to say it twice. Well, you said friendship the first time. No, I'm saying the uh, the announcer had to say it twice, and I'm oh, like, yeah. why? Fatality. This is about killing. Friendship. <laughs> friendship. Um. So any any other potential suitors? Not THQ since they're in the shitter. Lionhead Studios. Valve. Wait, wait, <laughs> That's a nice oh, That's a Funny good game. segue into Peter Molyneux discusses Lionhead's lack of layoffs. Uh, let's see what he says. He says, Our mission statement is to be the most respected developer in the world and to create landmark games, and underneath that to be the most professional studio in Microsoft Game Studios. Part of that means that when we want to do something, we can't throw our creative toys out there. We can't throw our creative toys out of the pram and say, look, we want to do this because we're really smart people. We have to prove it. According to Molyneux, that meant taking the internal peer line really, really seriously. Really, really nice people to do business with. Um, uh, let me see. I'm trying to find the part about layoffs. Um, there we go. He wanted to discuss Fable 2, which he said the entire team was super proud of. Fable 2 was also probably not a coincidental factor when it came to the lack of layoffs, as it was a major success this past holiday season despite heavy competition. Uh, regardless, Molyneux feels like Lionhead is in a better place now. Then it was as an independent studio saying Lionhead was in a pretty scary place being an independent developer in those days. Being independent now must be very, very scary because money is so tight. When money is tight, that's when things get really tough. It doesn't matter how wonderful and nice you are. If you're wondering whether or not you can pay someone's salary next month, that creates an awful lot of stress. Uh, and, yeah, this came from the one-up thingy. Um, he didn't really discuss that much, the lack of layoffs. Thanks, one-up. Yep. <laughs> but there's your layoff report. We haven't. Fired everybody. We that is all. Fired <laughs> stuff. Um, but yeah, I I want uh, I, I want to talk about this gaming league stuff because there was um there was an article that Slunks had in the New York Times, but we didn't have a URL to, so we couldn't post it. Um, why don't you I, go into that? I have it in my hands. Wait. Oh my God! Is... <laughs> print media. Whoa, 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 whoa! Print media. Wow. It was off the internet. Oh, <laughs> it's damn. not actually New York Times. Um, it's pretty much about what everybody's probably been hearing by now. Um, a lot of the gaming league shutting down. Um, other than Major League G Gaming, who is supposedly actually turning a profit this year, so congratulations to them. But man, you guys should find some better competitors because while they are great at their games, they are fucking trash talking. You know, snobby teenagers, sore losers. Uh, yes. Um, I'm just going to read kind of like the gist of the intro to this article, which is actually about four pages long. You can find it on New York Times, but you can only access it if you're a member. Ah, uh, Which I'm not in a member. Uh, until recently, Emmanuel Rodriguez worked on a stage under bright lights. You got two minutes, by the way. Amid intense competition and before cheering fans, he was a professional video game player and Ooh. a world champion. <gasps> now he works at the customer service desk of San, Sam's Club in Dallas. Oh. Yeah. Uh, mentions uh, he's a 23-year-old uh, who goes under the gaming community with the alias of Master. Uh, that's is, creative. Uh, that's real creative. Uh, <laughs> which is the best name ever. Um, he supposedly was the best uh, Dead or Alive 4 player. Uh, he... Made about five thousand dollars, and this is—they're using him him in, uh, as an example. Um, but he was like supposedly he's only lost like one one time one match ever supposedly, which is pretty crazy. Um, uh, 
for Rodriguez and others like him around the world, playing video games has become a career. Uh, that, however, has changed for many players. Video games may be as popular as ever. People in more than 65% of American households play, according to the ESA, but the professional sport of gaming has nearly collapsed. Major companies have pulled sponsorships and several tournaments have folded. Um, and in November, News Corporation and DirecTV unexpectedly shut down the championship gaming series, uh, which was pretty much like, I think that was like kind of the one under Major League Gaming in terms of like uh, how big it was. Um, now, is it is it because of, does it say it's because of the money or the ratings or what? I think it's because of the economy. Okay. Um, so, money. It doesn't quite say that directly, but yeah, I mean, it's money. Um, I don't... Money, money. There's like four pages of this Money! Shit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it kind of stinks because it's kind of like the entertainment side of, of, of entertainment. <laughs> the entertainment um, side of entertainment. <laughs> what? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you can... I mean, sure, you can still go to South Korea and Watch play... It. Starcraft, Starcraft I guess, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, or you can join the world, uh, the the major league gaming. I mean, in a way, I I got pretty big into Guitar Hero back in the day. Um, yes, Mister, I could do Jordan without my without looking things, at the screen. Yeah, before things got too crazy for even that to even mean anything. Um, I mean, I I kind of strived for the for the top scores or whatever for a bit, and then I just fell out of it because people apparently had way too much time in comparison to me. Which hold is, up, you know, time out, time out. When I don't when, when Give me one second. When Slunks yeah. pulled out the the article, Pete wrote, "Did you pirate the article?" <laughs> <laughs> yes, I pirated. No, well, because you said you had to be a member of New York Times. Well, and you were no. That a uh, the cool thing <laughs> the of, about yeah, the cool pirate. thing about my college is that uh, teachers are awesome for the most part, and my teacher um, knows that I like gaming, and she's actually the one who's letting me do the uh, journalism presentation. And so she printed out. Yeah. I don't know. So sounds she like, like oh, she's yeah, a pirate. She's me. a pirate. Yeah, she's pirating. No, I actually think you can. You can I'm pretty sure you can access this actually on the first day that it comes out. Right, and but, then after, uh, after, and then that. It, it gets pushed back, and then you yeah. have to like be a member to go into their archives yeah. or whatever. But, Sorry about that. Go ahead. I'm, I just had to read that because I just saw it. Yeah, it's good. Um, so yeah, I don't know. What do you guys think about gaming leagues? And now they're all kind of in the shitter, except for one. I'm I'm probably gonna piss some people off when I say this, and I mean no disrespect, but I I I'm. I'm surprised it took this long, only because it's like, I, not because there's there, there's nothing to professional gaming or whatever. That's not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I'm saying is that I, I people not enough people consider it something worth their time to yep. to watch as a spectator sport, whether or not that be right or wrong. You know, and I think it sucks for the people who made a living off of this. You know, I have a friend who's good enough to be you know a pro gamer, and he wants to do like uh, RTS programming and it's like if he has less of a chance to do it that sucks for him right um but it's like it's kind of not really a surprise be- just you know it we uh, gaming still hasn't reached that point you know and I'm not going to compare it to movies or sports or whatever because it, it's its own thing gaming is gaming yeah. but on on the level of like um just how profitable it could be in terms of people watching I I just don't see it yet and it could be a problem with me just not knowing Mm-hmm. But the maybe the fact that like someone a layman like me doesn't know is indi- is an indicator of how kind of under wraps it is because I don't know any yeah you're a gamer right and I don't even know so, this but like it's like yeah. I, I I don't follow baseball I don't follow hockey I don't follow football that much and I know that like 
and, and I know that like they're, what the relative ratings for them are not not like numbers, but just like how popular the sports are and how how much mind share that they have with all the people. Like like for example, like hockey, I know is is is, is way behind in terms of popularity versus ba- uh, baseball and, ho- and and football here, you know. But I don't even follow those sports, right? So as a gamer, you should I I imagine that I should at least get a feel for how many people are watching competitive gaming, and it just doesn't feel like I even know. Yep. You know, it's just not it's not out there, and maybe I'm not I, looking in the right place. But. I think the problem, I mean, if you compare, well, I don't know. I think the problem is that I don't know. it's not really on TV at all. Ah, um, uh, right. It's, it's on, like, like Q4. I, th- I think, well, that's not a gaming network. Um, <laughs> um, Snide remark. There's, yeah, there's not really, like, a dedicated gaming channel that I'm aware of. I'm sure there's one out there, but, I mean, at the same time, I'm running uh, Verizon Fios and have... Well, I know of one, but yeah. it's not available in the country anymore. <laughs> okay. Well, um, what was it called? It was, it was called the Gameplay Channel, and okay. basically, oh, yeah. it, had, it had like think, Madden um, Challenge, and it had uh, all these different things about like gaming conventions. It had yeah. the game spotting. Yeah. It had a whole bunch of crap. They should oh. bring back. They should bring back Nick Arcade. That's that's where <laughs> that's where the profits were apparently. I'll say this much. Um, we can debate about whether or not these things that I'm about to mention are sports another time. Like, it does, that, that's not the point. But if the World Series of Poker can get on ESPN and mm-hmm. Magic the Gathering can get on ESPN, I think that if, the, if, 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 um, if there was enough attention that a gaming tournament could get on ESPN. And I haven't seen that. Maybe it's on there. Maybe it's been on there in the past, but I just I, I have no recollection of it. I've uh, never seen it. Yeah, there there actually has been, but yeah, like Re- on said, ESPN. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Yeah, but it's not really. It's not. I mean, you widespread. can find YouTube clips on it, but yeah, it's not really promoted too well. So yeah, and if it's yeah, if it's not promoted too well, and if it's not really that popular, then that shows that there's a lack. That shows kind of the lack of interest. I mean, at least they could put on the Ocho or something like that. <laughs> right. What do you What do you want to say, Pete? I was yes. just gonna say. I mean, I know not everyone's like me, but uh, personally, I find it even as a gamer difficult to watch even just my friends play games. So mm. I would never be able to watch <laughs> like competitive gaming, and so I kind of like also I'm not really surprised that this hasn't like taken off because I can imagine a lot of people like are the same way. They'd rather just play games rather than watch people play games. Right. I I, I do feel the same way. I feel the same way, and, and I, I feel I the same way when I see like more. poker. Right. And in some aspects, I can watch like. I can watch Counter Strike five v fives because I used to be a big Counter Strike player, and then I really, really got into the Warcraft three uh, tournament side of things. Uh, I used to be a big fan of Grubby, if anybody's Warcraft three fanatic out there. Um, but like, <laughs> like that's the thing. That, like that's it. If they had a Halo three tournament on, I'd fucking turn that off. Yeah, I go. Actually, there there's some things I could watch, stupid. like a Street Fighter match. Yeah. I definitely like, watch it. It has to be related, and I think that's why it's so so successful in in, in Korea because uh, I think everybody plays StarCraft. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and everybody well, plays like uh, it, it's like a common thing over there in terms of games. Whereas over here, it's it's very mix and matched. The thing about RTS though is that when you get more than two people in it, like it just gets too much, and that's why I couldn't watch a Halo match. Um, it gets it gets too much. I could I can't tell what's going on unless I'm yeah. in the game. Like, um. I, 2v2 isn't too bad. Um, 2v2 is probably as about as max as it can go. Uh, anything more than that, I have never actually seen like a Warcraft 3, 3v3 like yeah. uh, professional kind of thing going on. If they had like an overhead map, kind of like half zoom in view of a Halo tournament, oh, yeah. I could watch that because then you could see everything happening. 
<laughs> I think they but, do that in some of them. I'm not sure. Yeah, that's the only way I could watch it. But like, I can't watch 27 people's first person, um, first person uh, screens just like running around. I get motion sick from watching all of them. So <laughs> yeah, and then they like alternate every 10 seconds. Yeah, it's like stop, like, oh, just stop, this? please. Oh, who's that? Oh wow, that guy just got killed. Uh, or <laughs> cool. Next yeah. <laughs> like ah. Uh, uh, and really, like the only. I don't know. Like I've watched the the highlight reels of, the, of what ESP. I think it's ESPN at least. Um, what they've done on YouTube and like they the top ten Halo kills. Uh, um, and like even that isn't really that exciting to me. So I can't even imagine watching the not the not uh exciting. The not top of, ten. The not yeah. the lowlights. Yeah. So that's it for oh. me, guys. I uh, unfortunately have to head out. Everybody say bye to slongs. Yo, fifty hit that big ass ramp. Nah. <laughs> Yo, fifty hit that big ass fucking ramp. Yo, fifty want to go to ballet with me? All right, fifty. Bye, fifty. <laughs> ballet. All right, thanks, guys. I'll see you. Thanks, ya. man. Later. Have, have, have fun at yeah. chicken. I will. All right, now that, that Slunks guy? is now Slunks is now gone, let's talk shit about him. Slunks, you yeah, fucking douchebag. The hell's wrong with you? Slunky. You're such a fuck up. Man, you suck. Oh shit, he's gonna hear this. Oh. Uh, moving on say, to the. Damn it! Huh? I wanted to say one more thing. What's it? Because uh, he just like was like, oh, I gotta go. Uh, I just want to say that on live, if that thing does work out, it could possibly bring back competitive gaming. Yes, because it does let you watch the streams, right? Right. It lets and you watch other. Yeah. You figure that idea. like if someone wanted to run some sort of competitive gaming thing, they could just mm-hmm. you know use the streams. That makes it super simple. That's that's actually a good idea. Yeah. Um, you should go work for online. Uh, next uh, next news topic: the PS2 is a hundred dollars now. Finally, how and affordable. Yeah, and I, I how affordable. Good and thing I have I a PS3 that you know plays PS2 games. Yeah, see, I don't know now um, if um, if th- this news story was posted on the first, and I don't know if it's an April Fool's joke, but I probably it probably no, isn't. Not. It seems innocuous enough. Um, John Collar, who is um, uh, the hardware marketing director at Sony, says this: the newer, cheaper price of the PlayStation 2 is intended to take market share from the Wii. We do think that the $99 price point could steal some share from Wii from a technological standpoint. The Wii is much closer to the PS2 than it is to next-gen consoles, true. Nintendo has done a fantastic job of capturing young and female, true, which are two areas the PS2 has really started to grab as well. True, with SingStar, that's probably the case. Um, that's why they packed SingStar into their PS2 bundles. That's what that, At least that's mm-hmm. what I would say. Um, he claims the company is very confident that the $99 price level will allow us to grab our share. The other story out of yesterday's announcement didn't happen after many... Exp- uh, I'll read that next. But um, here's my thing, is that $130 is still significantly cheaper than the Wii. Mm-hmm. And its sales didn't really spike that much. Though this may be more of a... I do see the psychological factor here, though. Because like you, you, you go from 129 which is a three-digit number, to 99 and then mm-hmm. that gets people all excited. So maybe, I mean, it's the same argument I made about, like, they should have priced the Wii at 200 instead of 250 because then it's it becomes more of an impulse buy. But that's kind of moot now because it's already an impulse buy and it's still 250 Right. Um, I, honestly, $99 price tag makes me want to buy a PS2 even though I have a perfectly operational big-ass PS2 in my yeah, house. Just because it's like it's $100 and I get smaller ones, so why not, right? Yeah. That that's a little crazy to me. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. But yeah, yeah, no one. We it would be nice to would. save the space. Yeah, it, I mean, it just kind of goes to show that, like, the psychology behind like the price points and how they, you know, manufacture this kind of like, oh, it's so cheap now when it's not really that much. Yeah, and cheaper. I also have a useless piece of equipment on my uh, PS2. 
Your what? Network adapter. I have a useless piece of equipment. Oh, on the PS2. that's right. Yeah, I'm tempted to just. I'm tempted to um, replace mine with the with this with the new smaller one because uh, they uh, they internalize the power brick, oh. and so I don't have to carry the power brick around with me if I got this. So you just and, carry the wire. Yeah, and it may sound stupid, but like, yeah, I would actually consider selling my PS2 back and and getting this one because it's a hundred dollars and I don't have to carry a power brick. And it'd be less than $100 if you sell your PS2 back. That's true. That is also true. Um, but, uh, I mean, do you think, do you do you agree with this guy that he thinks it could steal, you know, uh, enough market share to make it matter? I don't think enough to make it matter, but it will steal some. I don't, th- I mean, I'm pretty sure that, like, with the install base of the PS2 as it is, I mean, how many more people are there out there that can actually buy one? <laughs> Ones that have PS2s that are broken because Sony makes a piece of shit. <laughs> Yeah. Fuck Sony. Ones no. That have uh, PS2s that are huge and from like 2003. I'll tell you this much: when they release a $99 Xbox 360, everybody, everybody from everybody who bought a launch unit will go out oh, and buy no, one. No. <laughs> will see the it. biggest spike in sales. They'll be. So it, they'll go, be like. I would definitely like, go rebuy one. Yeah, I like for me, I'd be like, I'd be like, my launch unit still works, but it is going to break tomorrow. So I'm just gonna go and spend another hundred bucks. My launch unit died probably because I I had had a launch unit 360 and it died probably about a year ago. Oh shit! But and I had gotten it replaced and but yeah, then other stuff happened. And you sold it, right? 360, yeah. So nine nine dollars 360, that'd be awesome. Yeah, but here, here's yeah. here's the thing that's happening with mine. Uh, I don't know, Al, if you remember what happened to it or if you'd seen it in action. I remember what happened. To but it. like when I open the disc tray, it will open and then I put the disc in and I close it and it'll open again. This is when it's laying horizontal. When it's vertical, sometimes it doesn't open at all, hmm. and sometimes I have to lay it. I have to lay it horizontal to open it, put the disc in, close it, and then quickly turn it back up on its side. Sometimes when it's on its, sometimes when it's horizontal, it doesn't open either, and I have to like take out the faceplate and tap the front of the jewel case. Wait, you have to you have to turn your your console while it's on. Isn't that the dangerous thing to do? Because yes, it is. Yes, it is. You are absolutely right, and I have no other recourse because the disc tray won't stay closed. <laughs> Actually, no. What I what I do is I turn it up and then I close the disc tray. But sometimes even that doesn't work. Yeah. So this one time I like I closed it. I heard the disc reading and then I heard it stop and I quickly put it on its uh, on its uh, vertical and then it started spinning again. So I yeah, I had to time it when the when the tray when the disc was not spinning because I'm fully aware that it will scratch my disc up and I know that it's my own fault if it happens. So I was just like, all right, listen to hear the disc and listen to recognize when it spins and when it doesn't. So then just turn it up at the right spot, and then it worked. This is stupid. This is not shit that consumers should have to deal with. I I totally agree. The one thing, though, is that it was with Guitar Hero 2, and so I'm like, all right, you know what? I can buy another copy for 10 bucks. So that I wasn't worried about. about. But, like, yeah, it it is really lame. But sorry to go off on that tangent. I was just thinking about how, like, people have to turn their PlayStations upside down. Did you ever have to do that, (laughs) either of you guys? Oh, yeah. I never had to, but I did have a friend who had to. I had – my uncle had to. Uh, I think he still has that P- uh, his PlayStation. Master Mike, or not Mike? No, no, him. It is Mike. Uh, hot on the heels of the PS2 price drop comes word of a PS3 price drop, and that word is we're not doing it. Uh, they said that they have no planned announcements. Um, as we have stated previously, we do not have plans for PS3 price drop, and any rumors to that effect are false and the result of speculation. SCEA remains focused on the long-term momentum of the PS3, with the industry's best software lineup this year. Uh, okay. Really? Combined with our most aggressive marketing campaign to date, 
we remain confident in our approach and the value we're de- delivering with the PS3. Last year's software lineup was was something to be proud of, and it didn't move that many units. I was sitting there going, "Last 2008 is going to be the PS3. 2008, it's going to come out. Metal Gear Solid 4 is coming out. Little Big mm-hmm. Planet is coming out. They're going to have all this great downloadable content. Um, it's going to get Street Fighter 4 along. Well, that came out this year, but it's going it, to, you know, it's it's going to get the same third-party games that Microsoft's getting. You know, mm-hmm. it's going to get Grand, uh, all this stuff. It's going to get Grand Theft Auto 4, even though it's not had downloadable content. Still, you know, people associate with PlayStation. Blah 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 blah. Didn't overtake 360, even with better hardware. And it's like something has got to give. I mean, that price point, as painful as it is for Sony to, like, lose money every single unit that they sell by that much, uh, I don't know. It's a catch-22. I mean, what do you guys think that they can do? I think they made a mistake Uh, in taking out uh, PS2 backwards compatibility. I really think that hurt their uh, potential for an install base. I mean, yeah, they were losing a lot more money per PS3, but... That's the nature of hardware. I mean, not everyone, not everyone can be Nintendo and make a cheap ass console and make profit on each one. Uh, they, I think, sure that they, they can. They just have to not present the stigma of, oh, we're going to tap you into the matrix. Yeah. <laughs> well, but I have a. Uh, that, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I was going to say that, that. I mean, that that's been the nature of like hardware cycles since like you know the beginning of like gaming. It's always been you know bigger, better, faster, like stronger. Um, (laughs) 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 yeah (laughs) but uh nintendo just like kind of finally broke that mold but still like it's always been expected that when a new system is going to come out it's going to lose money it's not going to be profitable and sony should have just bit the bullet and kept that backwards compatibility in because i think that would have caused a lot more people to upgrade um even though it was more pricey i think that once they took it out a lot of people were like well you know i'm not ready to jump into ps3 and I would have if I could have still played my old my the games I have. I don't know. I I know people well, that didn't buy it because they don't. It no longer has backwards compatibility. Right. I have a question on that though. Like like the people that you and I know probably wouldn't do that, and I wouldn't have bought it if it like if if it didn't come up with backwards compatibility. I'd have I would wait a long ass time. Fortunately, I found a unit on eBay for cheap. But like, how many people who comprise Sony's like user base? And when I say Sony's user base, I mean like all those millions of people that bought a PS2 on a whim, the same type of people who would buy a Wii, how many of them really cared about backwards compatibility? Because I remember, like, and this could have been bullshit too, but I remember, like, the whole defense from Microsoft when they were like, oh, this backwards compatibility, uh, we, we're not really doing that much about it anymore because people just don't care. Like, See? And they and they had some numbers, and I don't know if I believe those numbers, but, like, as much as yeah. I cared about backwards compatibility, like, Sony built its empire on the more casual set of people who weren't that into it hardcore, and then when when, when the PS2 came around, I, I I feel like I feel like they wouldn't have cared that much about a PS3 whether or not it had backwards compatibility because it was already too expensive in the outlet in the outset, and they wouldn't have cared otherwise. In my personal mm-hmm. experience, like some of the people I know, I I mean, out of my friends, I'm definitely like really the only hardcore gamer, and all my casual gaming friends. W- don't want to didn't want a PS3 because it didn't have backwards compatibility. My one friend, like he bought his when it came out because he had it had the backwards compatibility, and he said that if he hadn't gotten that, he wouldn't have gotten it. He wouldn't have one right now. Um, and he's a casual gamer because he doesn't really care that much about getting PS3 games. He'll get one here and there, but he has a huge collection of PS2 games that like he wouldn't have upgraded the PS3 if he couldn't play them on. And I have other friends that are in the same kind of situation, so I think. For at least in my general experience, it's the opposite now, where it's like, like 
the casual gamers are the ones who really want the backwards compatibility because they're the ones who've built up this huge library of games for the PS2, uh, whereas the hardcore gamers are the ones that keep you know moving on to the next thing. So, I, like, I that you you raise a good point there, and that's that's kind of why I actually think the opposite of what you're thinking is. You mentioned a huge library. Casual gamer likely won't have a huge library. I I, I should I should have like three really, games. Yeah, I should really mention casual, like not casual as in like the people who play Madden and 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 um and first person shooters all the time. That's more mainstream to me. I'm talking about like really casual, like like I that's why I brought up the Wii audience. You know, the people who would maybe get SingStar, eh, that's about it, and then maybe get like one Madden game because their son likes to play Madden or something or what? Yeah, maybe okay, not even that. The, you know what I mean? Like the yeah, maybe casual is the wrong word for me. The but hundreds like... of millions of people who. Who who bought the system but didn't really get more than five games for it? Let me call them moderate gamers then, or something, because they would buy games like frequently and like unlike hardcore gamers, they would never trade their games in. So like they kind of buy a game, play it for like a little while, put it away, and you know like buy another game maybe like a month later, and you know or something like that. So like they. So that means kinda... I'm a moderate gamer. What? <laughs> I have. I, I said that means I'm a moderate gamer. I I have regressed. I'm no no longer hardcore. I am just moderate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to like you know label. No people. no no. I'm, I'm just trying I'm to not. describe how like they are. Like anyway. Right. Yeah, no, that's no, why you're I, right. You're right. I'm, I'm trying to. They're, I'm, they're I'm, I'm thinking that I fit the description, and it's because I'm fucking old now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're right. There there are many of people out there. There are indeed many people out there um, that you know d- d- won't you know necessarily be hardcore hardcore, but also would appreciate the bash compatibility. But like I'm just saying that from, um, at least from the Microsoft stamp, at least from the Microsoft, you know, research or whatever they claim they did, you know, if not enough people care about it, it ceases to be you know important. And it and I, what I'm wondering is how much of that PS2 population is moderate or hardcore or at least cares about this, and how much just don't care, you know, because it's just as easy to keep your PS2 and hook it up to the TV. For for those people who don't really know anything about backwards compatibility or care about it, they'll just be like, "I'll just keep it out there," you know. So I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I don't know, and I and and I, I personally think that they should have kept it in because I'm selfish and I like it. But like, from the research that they did, was it really the wrong decision? Was it really was it really more a a poor decision to um to make it like Blu-ray man like mandatory Blu-ray? Or was it was it a, a bad decision to like make it a six make, give make it two models? Or was it a wrong decision to take away force feedback? There, there's so many things that I think they Again, did wrong with the launch. They made a lot of fuck ups, probably <laughs> bad decisions. Like I will say though that I should back off on the Blu-ray thing because a lot of people bought it because it's a Blu-ray player, and my friend Dave bought it because it's a Blu-ray player. But here's the thing: he's not a video gamer. He gave his controller away. So yeah. all he has is a Blu-ray remote, and so it's like, yeah, you bought the hardware. You basically just cost Sony two hundred bucks because that's how much they're losing on it, and you're not buying any games. So they don't get the software license feedback from that. So basically, you know, every PlayStation Three sold to someone who bought it just with the Blu-ray and is not going to play games on it is minus two hundred dollars, and that's yeah. a unit that could have gone into the hands of a gamer who would buy the games. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, maybe it was a wrong decision. I don't know, but um, yeah, PlayStation Three. You would have worked hard to make one. I mean, sorry, to buy one. <laughs> you would work two jobs to buy one. That and, and Al, you're right. They got to stop with that because it's yeah. like. I mean, I mean, shit. It's not exactly a luxury car, but 
I mean, people aren't really buying luxury cars now. Did did, did I bring this up on a uh, on a previous podcast where they said something um uh, in the news where they were like, oh, we you know we made it hard to program for because we don't yes. want yeah you know that whole thing and may, I think it might have been a, mis- a mistranslation, but you got to be careful about your words. I mean, like the the whole idea is like we don't want the console to peak out in three years and like people see no improvements, but they, they, the way that they kind of said it, the words that they use made it sound like we don't want people to have an easy time programming with us. And it's just like, uh, what? <laughs> so even the GameCube, which was supposedly easy to program for, which I believe it was, it still saw improvements throughout its life cycle. Resident Evil four came out and blew a lot of people away. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you can still squeeze energy out of a system that's easy to, you know, handle and that, you know, has a, development set out there so i know i don't know i mean like yeah and i'm rambling so let's move on okay because we're talking about nintendo and uh reggie fisame um which is a nice french name as he says uh nintendo's there's this one interview that he uh that he did with somebody and they asked him how to pronounce his name and he said he said it's pronounced fisame a nice french name like that so (laughs) um Nintendo seeks quality, not quantity, for downloadable DS games. And the cynic in me says, <laughs> the cynic, the cynic in me laughs and then says, "Why don't you look at your retail shelves?" Exactly. But um, this is from uh, Chris. And Colon. did you see the five? Yeah, the five games listed for availability. I'm sure you'll get to that, but that already makes me laugh. Um, let's see. Uh, we're taking a film festival approach, a high class content done by knowledgeable developers in creating fantastic experiences for the consumer instead of the YouTube approach of everything under the sun that is difficult for the consumer to navigate through. Um, let's see. What we don't want to see is a game that is available on a number of platforms, either mobile or home, nor do we want to see games that don't take advantage of the unique capabilities of the DS. And so Chris Kohler starts, uh, also did an article on the five games to buy. Um, Master of Illusion Express, Funny Face. It's a magic trick pulled from Nintendo's retail game, Master of Illusion. If you already go in that game, you already have this. An audience member picks a card, and you draw a face on the screen that comes to life and tells them which card they pick. The enjoyment you, you will get out of this is equivalent to the amount of time you spend doing magic tricks in front of your friends and family. What? <laughs> really? Really? Two dollars. Bird and Beans, based on Piotto, the unlockable minigame from the Wireware series. You collect beans with the bird's tongue. This, sm- this is a small-scale time waster for a, of a game. It's been compared to a modern-day game and watch. For two dollars, you might find... Okay, it's two dollars. That's That's... That's different. Uh, yeah, I'll give it the fact that these things are going to be cheap, but keep going. I know, what I know, I know. I know. From other games, art style. This is for five bucks. Art style, Aquia above left, a match three puzzle game in which you shift blocks left and right, pulling them in and out of a tower. I love the style. This and all the other art style games are made by the unorthodox, clever types that skip. But I was pretty much flummoxed by the puzzle mechanics. This seems like a game that hardcore puzzle fans will. Okay, that doesn't seem bad for five bucks. It does not. I I think that we can stop being snarky with this one. That doesn't seem that bad. Yeah. WarioWare Snapped, the latest in the WarioWare series of games which string together a series of lightning-quick five-second microgames all built around a theme, uses a DSi's camera. You use your silhouette to control the on-screen action. It's fun, but you need to be able to set the DSi on the table. Okay, depending on how many minigames they have in this, I think this is also fine. I can't imagine it's going to be as much as a retail WarioWare game. Because... It says five bucks. Yeah. It's only five dollars. For five bucks, that doesn't seem bad at all. I think it's a, a nice little tech-ish See, thing. but you have to ask yourself, what's five bucks worth now? Because... That you can get, like, games... Okay, I, got, I mean, I know it was on sale, but I got World of Goo for 5 bucks. You know, when the 360 first came out, Geometry Wars was 5 bucks. If this, if this has, like, you know, 
only a handful of mini games. Is that really worth five bucks? I don't know. Well, it's a WarioWare game, so it's not going to be like over in ten minutes. But it could be. You never know. You don't know how many because if it's no. if it's focused I mean, only on the camera. Think about it, Pete. Think about it like this: the uh, Rhythm Heaven demo mm-hmm. was about ten minutes, and that was free. Okay. So I think that if Nintendo's going to charge five dollars for a game, it's probably going to be a, a. I mean, if they're five second micro games, there might be maybe a hundred and eight. You know, just like a like over All right. 100 games. Say. I'm not. I'm, I'm, that's five seconds a piece. So that might actually turn out to something that is a five dollar value. I'm willing to give Nintendo the benefit of the doubt, but Nintendo also has the uh, has set the track record with Virtual Console for charging the same amount of money for good games as well as crap games. Right, that that's fine. But then then you get good games on the retail shelves that are sixty bucks and crap games on the retail shelves that are sixty bucks. What's the yeah, difference? Yeah, I know. No, the whole, my There's whole no point about this there. is that I'm being snarky because they're making these comments like, "Oh, we're gonna, you know, we're promising qu- quality over quantity and blah 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 blah." And I have a feeling it's all just, you know, hyperbole. It's just bullshit. Well, here's here's the thing. Chris Kohler is picking out these as the ones that he thinks we should buy. Although I question Funny Face. And bird, and bird and beans, but those are no, no, no. I don't think he's saying that those games are the ones that we should. Oh, wait, it says which ones, which to, ones buy. to buy. Yeah, because apparently there's only five uh, launch day. So really? I'm I'm guessing that what he's saying is these are the games, and out of these games, who should buy? Oh, them? I see what you mean. Okay, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Um, but like, I don't know. Uh, where is it? Where, where's Where's this next one? Um, Brain Age Express Math. Enjoy training your brain occasionally, but don't feel like carrying your brain age game everywhere, everywhere you go. Download this app, which will sit on your DSi forever, and do some math problems anytime you feel like it. This for eight bucks. Now that to me is a little. That's a little. That's pushing it. And we can we can get into the semantics of prices and and all that shit. But when brain age itself, the whole entire suite costs twenty bucks, and you get the mm-hmm. math. You get all the things with it. You get a Sudoku, and then you you say, you know, what? I'm just going to give you the math part. This and and. I know we're splitting hairs here, but as as long as we're looking at this and doing a comparison for consumers, this would make a better five dollar game than eight or two dollar game even. I think so too. Because it's and, just and math, I think, and I hate math. Yeah, yeah, and I think that the reason why they're doing this is because they probably think that the math stuff is easier or more popular, I should say, than the rest of the stuff that's in Brain Age, and as well, they want to be able to have Brain Age accessible without a card swap. True. Okay, they should offer the whole and thing as a downloadable for for fifteen to twenty bucks. Yeah, I think that. that I hope they. Be much I think they. Idea. I think they're probably going to do that. They probably will. They, they well, should uh, if they change their pricing structure. Well, I thought. Right I thought I saw something about twenty dollars as well. Um, no, I, right now they only have two, five, and eight. So, I mean, they'll probably change. Oh, I, I misread. I saw the two is twenty. I'm sorry. Ah. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, free two, five, and eight. Okay. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, here's the thing that I look at this, and it's like, as as cynical as I want to be about it, because like, obviously, this same approach is not being taken with uh, Wii product on the shelves, um, like that with all these fitness shits. Um, I, I hear that it's like that the iPhone app store, and I don't have one, and this is this might be hearsay. This might be just you know people exaggerating and bitching, but it's so mu- there's so much stuff on there that Apple has to con- routinely go in and clean it up. And it's hard to find shit that's good because it's just like I didn't, I didn't know they cleaned it up. I th- I know that there's like like massive amount of shit. In they were I shouldn't say clean up. I know they remove stuff from time to time that doesn't fit their standards. 
that like that got approved, but then they're like, wait, no, no, and they remove it. Like there was a um, shit, I forgot, I forgot. There was one game up there that it was because it was like it, it was using a property that should have been licensed, and they didn't have the license. So like at some point they're like, no, nope, we got to take it down. Well, yeah, that happens a lot. Oh my god. Oh, I'm just reading further on into the article. Yeah, Al's pulling. Yeah, at the Al pulled out his quote. Between. Fisa May said oh, yeah. that once Nintendo has granted a third-party develop uh, third third-party developer a license to create DSiWare, it will not put any restraints on the company's creativity. Although Nintendo strongly suggests developers that they create, and that's the thing. It's like how creative can you how how uncreative can you get, right? Yeah, and that then he says what we don't want is to see a game that's available on a number of other platforms, either mobile or home. Nor do we want to see games that don't take advantage of the unique capabilities of the DS. Which is good, and I think they should stick to that, but they probably won't. Right. But I think what they're doing is they really are trying to make a stark comparison to the iPhone right. App Store, because then the next paragraph says that the in Japan, so far since last November, the DSiWare store has 50 games and apps. Shit. And... This is in sharp contrast to iPhone's App Store, which gets an average of more than 150 shit. applications per day. Okay, I take back my shit for the 50 games. God. That's one... nuts. That's, that's, that's annoying. Uh, Pete mentions Bob's game, but Bob is uh, Bob probably is like in an in a insane institution now. So if anybody doesn't know what Bob <laughs> games in, Bob's game is, I, I'm sure you can just, you know, Google it. Yeah. Um, he, we, and I... I like what he's saying. What I don't like is, like you said, Pete, like you brought up track record. This, they do have a track record of saying something and then going back on their... I shouldn't say going back on the word, but saying it, saying something and not following it. Like the whole... Anyone Nintendo- remember the Nintendo Seal, seal quality? Seal quality, that's exactly uh-huh. what I was going to bring up. Like the Seal of Quality is on fucking... Let me see. I, I got to go back to Giant Bomb. Uh, um, commentary. I'm sorry, but... I googled Bob's game, and based on his website, I still don't understand what the fuck this game is. It's a one-man-made RPG. I think, based on the trailers that I've seen, it actually looks interesting. Um, and uh, it's like it looks like a retro RPG game. And mm. he wanted to have it put out on uh, the Nintendo DS. And but he, since he was a one-man team, he was having trouble getting like he was trying to get in touch with somebody at Nintendo to have this game made. Um, and he went kind of off the deep end trying to do that. He in, in, oh yeah. the guy who locked himself in his room. Yes, yeah, like yes, that. yeah, yeah. Okay, it's like yeah, not the right way to do things, buddy. But um, okay. So I'm going to Giant Bomb, and and and, and Gershman has a, had a had a post called "Why I Love the Wii." He got in the mail Gold's Gym Cardio Workout for Wii, Woo. and then he also has he also found something called Calvin Tucker's Redneck Jamboree. Twelve, <laughs> 12 redneck inspired events, which. Says to me a minigame collection, but there are only 12 of them, okay? These are retail products. These had to have gotten the seal of quality in order to be on shelves. They still have seal of quality? Shit. Yeah. What? I mean, I mean, <laughs> what the fuck? I mean, Redneck jamboree? They, they say shit. I mean, again, they're saying shit like, well, we want to uphold quality, so we're going to slap a seal of quality on our box. And they, they get Bad Street Brawler for the NES. It's It's been yeah. going on for, this, for the entire life cycle of Nintendo's existence, and... For all the awesome products that they put out, for them to come out and say we want quality, but we're going to put out Bad Street Brawler and Redneck Jamboree. I mean, come really, maybe, really, come on. Uh, maybe, that, that's maybe their interpretation of quality is that it works from start to finish <laughs> and it doesn't crash. Yeah, I mean, then I don't again, s- I'm sure in Nintendo games that maybe. I don't want to sound like a complete ass because I'm sure there's going to be great stuff on the DS, like on the DSiWare right. and stuff. It's just it's that. just are they going to flood it? This particular story is just silly. 
if if it, if they keep on their word, I will you know I, I'll I'll give them back major cool points. But I'm just skeptical that they will keep to this to their word. Like they like even oh my god even the virtual console even as a, they've been stingy with virtual console. They've been releasing things like they used to do it three three games a week and then they put it down to two to release WiiWare stuff. Okay. And you, you'd think that, okay, they're only releasing a few games on Virtual Console and WiiWare every week. They've got to be good, right? But then they go out and they put the stupidest old NES games on there. And it's like, why? And then they put, like, fucking... There was some really stupid-looking uh, WiiWare. I'm trying to think. Okay, one example is the stupid Sandcastle thing. <laughs> it's, crab. It's like, crab minigame. You're, you're going you're gonna to cut it down to one game a week, and you're going to say that you're going to focus on... Well, I mean, okay, to be fair, they didn't. I don't remember them actually coming out and saying, we're going to focus on quality for WiiWare, so we're only going to limit it to one a week. But if you're going to limit it to one a week, why is that one going to be a Sandcastle game when you could be giving me like more, more stuff that, are, that is similar to Lost Winds? Or is it the fact or that... Or Gradius Reborn. Or what? Gradius Reborn. Or Gradius Reborn. Or is it the fact that all the developers just want to make shitty games and you're saying, okay, because people are going to come visit the store and buy something because they see all the stuff there, so we don't mind you giving us a shitty game as long as it makes our shelves look big. I... It just this just rubs this just rubs me the wrong way, and I hope that they stay true to what they're saying here is basically the the the, the ten second version of our fifty minute conversation on this. <laughs> um, any other comments on this before we go to our last bit of thing? Um, yeah. Let's go to our last. Bit. Okay, last bit of thing coming up. bit of thing, which is, it's the Game Boy's 20th anniversary! Let's... Yeah. Uh, what? <laughs> Let's reminisce. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> That's the end of the podcast! No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Game Boy was pretty awesome. I remember playing Paperboy on it, like, forever fucking ago. Was it, um... How, how close was it? To, was it more of an arcade port, or was it, like... Trying to be like the, you know, I asked this because I played the Commodore 60 version of Paperboy. That was my very first Paperboy, and like the arcade version was almost nothing like it. And so <laughs> I should say that the the the, the, the C64 version was nothing like the arcade version. And so I'm wondering how like the NES and Game Boy ports were. Okay, in my fuzzy drug-addled memories. Drug-addled. I remember it being kind of like the arcade game, just you know the pea soup green color. Right. The pea Regular soup primary. green color. Um, let's see, uh, I, um, I didn't get a Game Boy, actually, until it was out on the market for about three years, and I got a yellow one. A yellow one? Because this is when Donkey Kong Country for the Game Boy came out, and they were doing all these colors, and so I got myself a yellow one, and I broke it with a headbutt. (laughs) Oh, shit. I broke it with a headbutt, and so I ran down and got a red one. Wow. Wait, wait, you headbutted it because? (laughs) I headbutted it because like I had fucked up in a game, and so like, um, like I did a I did a kind of face palm, okay, but, but but not a hard yeah. Instead of palm, it was a Game Boy. Well, like it wasn't like I had the Game Boy in my palm, and like face palmed. 
I meant that like I meant like <laughs> that would be funny. Too. Yeah, that would have been funny too. But what I meant was the 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 essence of what I did was similar to a facepalm, just kind of like a like a don't. It's a face thing. game boy. A face game boy, yeah. Like kind of like a don't. Like uh, like if I mess up in uh, um, I don't know if I mess up in um uh in Guitar Hero, then I might like like strum like a zillion times in a second. I'm like, ah, oh, god damn it, you know, get frustrated and you just strum or like mm-hmm. a guitar hero face palm. Or or like or if if you know if I'm if my back is to a wall and I fuck up in a game like if I'm standing up and I fuck up in Guitar Hero, I might just like lose my balance and just like lean against the wall and like hit the wall with a thud. A like wall. like like a reactionary kind of like dope kind of Homer thing. Yeah. And so I was holding the Game Boy in both hands. I lost and I was like ah oh, da and I just kind of like you know knocked it against my head and then I looked mm-hmm. and I'm like. The else the, the liquid crystals are leaking dots. What's oh, happening? Damn. And like there was like a big splotch of like black pixels in the middle of the screen. I'm like I I broke it <laughs> with a headbutt, and so mm. then I got a yellow one. Um, but I um actually you know what let's let's do a, a roundy 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 thing so that I'm not going on for 20 minutes. Do you do, do you guys have any other memories before I go on to what games I was playing at the time? I, I want to say real. I just, just want to say real yet. quick. Ah. Pete ah. started with the paper boy and didn't finish, so I'll let him go. Yeah. Well, I wanted to say real quick that, that, that the drug-addled memory thing was was pretty much a joke, just so people don't think I'm some sort of drug addict. Don't oh. do drugs, kids, but if you do, some of them could be fun. <laughs> but don't do them. Uh, uh, Al. I said, but don't yeah, do them. Al's doing Oh, oh I thought um, you were going to continue with the paper boy thing. No, he was talking about drugs. Oh, okay. Oh, well, yeah, okay. He's uh, a drug well, addled, f- drug addict. <laughs> I got my first Game Boy, I think, uh, when I was... Ten, I think shortly after it came out, I got the one with Tetris back then. Yeah, and that was like the only game I had for a really long time. And then I got Super Mario Land. Um, yeah, Super Mario Land. What the fuck was up with that shooter stage? Oh, I don't know. Man. I personally hated awesome. that thing. I, I hated the game in general because it was just, uh, it was so not Super Mario Brothers. It was like, you know. It was like Super Mario Brothers with frustration added to it because everything was so small. You, you know what it feels like to me? It feels like a knockoff. Yeah, it feels and like a bootleg Super Mario game. Because the way he like, the know. way he jumps is wrong, and it, it's mm-hmm. too the controls like too if if there can be such a thing is almost too tight for a Mario game. It doesn't feel like the right thing. And that stupid fireball, the one that just bounces off walls and then goes like behind you when you want it to keep him going forward. Uh huh. I hated that thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think the platforms were too small too. Yeah, and it was like what four stages? I don't remember. I I, I was much more a fan of um, of uh Mario World Mario Land Two Six Golden Coins. Oh, Mario Land Two and, Mar- like and Wario best. World. Those those games were good. Wario Land yeah. and, and Six Golden Coins. Those were really well done, and I like what they did with uh Mario World Two or Mario Land yes. Two because they made it Mario Land Two. They made it very similar graphically to um to the Super Nintendo one. Mm-hmm. And they, they they had a lot of good stages. I, I really liked that one, but Marland One was a piece of shit. Um, and yeah. Al, and 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 Pete is actually going to continue with Paperboy. So talk about Paperboy. Uh, fuck, I don't remember what I was gonna say. Um, I remember that the Paperboy I've always had a problem with because it's always been it's always been a hard fucking game. Um, and I I can't remember the timeline line of stuff because I know I also had Tetris for the Game Boy and stuff. And uh, like Tetris is Tetris, so it's like you know it's good, but it's it's like not a game that you like have like that you play all the time. Like you have a system for. So like obviously, you except want for more the games. millions of people who bought it just for Tetris, and then like 
only played that, and I'm like, dude, there's other shit to play. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, I, I remember, like, from what I can remember, I only remember having Tetris and kind of Paperboy at the time, and Paperboy really frustrated me. Um, and so I kind of got disillusioned with the Game Boy, and I remember, like, that was when, the, the, during that time, it was kind of like the whole, like, Sega, Nintendo rivalry and stuff. So I kind of switched over to a Game Gear, and that that thing made me sick. Really? Uh, playing playing Sonic on it oh, would shit. make me, like, I don't, I don't know if it was just because of the... the, the the motion blur on the like you know on the Game Gear, um, and the sense of speed with Sonic, but that that would make me kind of feeling sick. Uh, and I eventually did go back to the Game Boy because of Pokemon, uh, for Pokemon Red, and uh, that was probably like that. This is pretty much going to end my my memories of the Game Boy because that was pretty much the last thing I remember playing on the Game Boy. I'm sure there were other games that I played in between, but. Uh, after Pokemon Red, I pretty much didn't pick up a Game Boy again until the Game Boy Advance SP. Mm, okay. You know what I have fond memories of? That Batman game that was completely not Batman. Oh, man. Like, it was following the movie, but Batman doesn't have a gun. <laughs> but that game was still fucking awesome. I like, I love that game. I still remember the music to the first stage because that's pretty much as far as I got on a regular basis because the second and third stage were really hard and I barely got past those. But mm. um, there's the Batman. There were a lot of bad games on it, too, though. Like, like, oh, let's not talk about the bad game. And when I say bad, <laughs> I mean like unexpectedly bad. Like it's like you put on a game that normally should be good, but it just feel like the Mega Man games on them did not feel right. Like he was so sluggish. Yeah, the Castlevania games didn't feel right. Well, Castlevania Adventure was shit. It was awful, but Castlevania Two felt all right. Oh wait, the first one was bad. Yeah, the first one was the, terrible. The second, the one, second was one was all right. Cool. The third one, or whichever one of them, which was with Sonia Belmont, the girl, was also pretty mm-hmm. bad. Like it's yeah. just something about they just didn't know how to effectively program for it. Because I remember Al, you said one time it was like one of the hardest things to program for, but mm-hmm. um, like it just it just couldn't get it done. And so games like Mega Man just felt awful. And there was like um, there was like uh, a Ninja Turtles game, um. Which was side scrolling, and uh, I think like they had reversed the jump and attack button so that B was jump and A was attack, and yeah, it just felt super happened. floaty, and it was just oh little foot clan. That yes, one. that one. Yeah, oh I'm looking God. at a list of all of the Game Boy. Original yeah, that's Game what Boy I had games. to bring up because I don't remember what the hell I played on yeah. it. Yeah, um, I used to own this game like hardcore. They had a really fruity looking jump kick though. Yeah, you remember that? It was like stupid looking. But yeah, that was that was just god awful. And then um, you know my bag of shit. Obviously, there's Street Fighter Two for the Game Boy and mm-hmm. and Mortal Kombat for the Game Boy. Those were awful. Those were god god awful. And Mortal Kombat Two for the Game Boy was no was nothing impressive. And I'd say it was a pretty bad game. But it at least they kind of got the feel of it right. Whereas oh god, I should make <laughs> a video of Mortal Kombat for the Game Boy one day. I should. I really oh, just man. like just oh god. Um, and Street Fighter as well. But at least Street Fighter had good graphics. That's the one thing that it had. It had decent graphics. But then, then I remember, like, I bought College Slam for it because, like, I wanted to play a basketball game. And, th- you know, actually, that was not that bad. That actually felt like NBA Jam. So that was all right. But, mm-hmm. like, there's so many things. Oh, what else? Uh, uh, help me out. Help me out here, guys. There, there, there's so many, like, good, good properties that should have been good but were terrible in Game Boy. Um, um, Bill and Ted's Excellent Game Boy Adventure. Oh, no, probably not. <laughs> I remember being frustrated with the original Game Boy Dra- uh, Double Dragon. The original one, yes. The second one was awesome. 
I didn't play the second one, but the first one, like, there was something about it that it was just, it just made it really, really fucking hard. I'm trying to remember if I can remember what it looks like. It was the second level um, that, that, that I couldn't, that I always had trouble getting past, that I would lose, like, many lives on. And then, like, when you move down to the fourth level and they tried to, rep, uh, to replicate that, that cavern stage from the NES version, which was also bullshit, and you had to jump over the moving platforms, that was god-awful. Uh, it was it it was just terrible, and then um damn they don't have a picture of it. I I I would remember what it looks like. I mean, if I would remember what the game is like, if I can remember what it looked like on Game Boy. It was I, I think it was a very faithful reproduction of the original Double Dragon, just in black and white. I think they did a good job with the graphics on that one, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly. Um oh one game I did like Revenge of the Gator was a pinball game, and it had alligators, and I liked it. Oh yes, I I enjoyed that one a lot too. It's like um, what the fuck did these gators come from? But it's fun. There was uh, a lot of puzzle games that I liked for Game Boy uh, that I used to play a lot. There was one game that uh, my uncle had. Yes, you can say it. Master Mike. <laughs> um, it was this game called Korth. Mm. And it was a shooter type of game, kind of like Space Invaders, but it was a puzzle game like Tetris. These blocks would come out from the top of the screen. And what you'd have to do is you'd have to shoot, um, fill them in, like you shoot the the blocks that come down to fill them in and make squares mm-hmm. and you had to basically make squares as as probably as high like vertically or as long horizontally as you can to get the maximum amount of points uh-huh. and they will come down in these weird forms these incomplete forms and that was a really cool um, game that I played a lot at, once I learned that because at first I thought this was a shooting game because nobody explained it to me right and I kept losing because the blocks kept coming down, but I was making these, like, you know, retarded-looking blocks. <laughs> so You're like, I'm shooting these. Um, They're dying. Why, not, why am I not winning? Then uh, I used to play Kicks a lot. Uh, mm. I, I just love that game for some odd-ass reason. Drawing and not getting attacked while you're in the middle of the screen. I don't know. Something about that that I really like. Um, let's see. There here's, another, here's another bad one, and I think it's made mm. into my bag of shit. Terminator 2. Oh, I never played Terminator like, 2. And, and the only reason why I bring it up is because I played it a lot because my friend had it. It's not because Terminator 2 should have been a good game because all the versions of it were shit, but mm-hmm. yeah, that was a pretty weird one. Go ahead, I'm sorry. I'm just still trying to think of another puzzle game, but I, I do have a, a funny memory relating to the Game Boy, mm-hmm. and that's um, there was a contest in my school because we were running a club, and the prize was Operation C for Game Boy. Oh, and I, okay. I was a part of the group that... You know, it was like three of us. Mm-hmm. So we all pitched in money to buy the game, and we ran a raffle or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I won the raffle. Nice! <laughs> but, you know, this was before I understood, and this is, I think this is when, the moment that I understood that people affiliated with an organization cannot win their own contest. Oh. Because <laughs> everybody got mad that I won it. And I was like, hey, I won the raffle, whatever. And I kept the game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's another bad one that should have been good, Nemesis. Oh, Nemesis. Like, yeah. I, I kind of like it, but it was too hard. That, that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, it was made well, but it was made way too hard. Um, I will say, though, that um, when I was talking about uh, Donkey Kong Country and Game Boy, the, the Rare made some impressive, in my opinion, I thought there were some impressive ports that Rare made on Game Boy. I own Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Land, Donkey Kong Land, or whatever they called it. Um, let me see what the official name is. Donkey Kong, yeah, Donkey Kong Land and Donkey Kong Land Two. 
and mm-hmm. um, and Killer Instinct for the Game Boy. And Killer Instinct, even though it was frustrating to play it with two buttons, the engine actually worked really well. Like, it moved mm-hmm. just like Killer Instinct, and the combos came... Whether or not you like Killer Instinct, that's another matter. But right. the combos worked, and, like, like if you knew how to do, like, Fulgore's... Com- or whoever, if you knew how to play with uh, the skeleton dude in the original console version, in five minutes you'd be playing with him in the Game Boy version, like like a pro. And I was just wow. really impressed by that. Um, and that's why I was so disappointed with Street Fighter, because it's just like, why couldn't you do the same thing, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Then, you know, I will say, though, that the Game Boy was home to the game that got me into role-playing games, Final Fantasy Legend 2. Ah. Uh. Yes. And, and I think we may have mentioned that in like the the games that gave it, that had the most impact in our lives, like episode like forty or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and I think I said Final Fantasy two, but this was like at least a precursor to that because yeah, it was that, like that was definitely one of the games that got me into after Final Fantasy two. That really kind of got me into RPGs. They're coming out with a DS remake in three D, kind of like what they did with the other games. I don't know if they're just going to come yep. out in America though, but I wanted to. It does. I would buy. Yeah. It. Um, Pete, fond memories or shitty memories? I can't think. I can't remember other games. I'm like looking through these lists of games, and I'm like, I know I played more games than the ones I mentioned, and yet right. I can't remember if I played some of these games on the Game Boy or the Nintendo. Like, I remember the like shitty games, games like Home Alone. Did I play that on the Nintendo or did I play <laughs> that on Game Boy? <laughs> They're all shitty. It doesn't matter. They're the same shit. Um, yeah, I used to play Quirk, the tomato game. The tomato game. Yeah, Quirk was a little tomato, and he had to get through stages there were like puzzle stages I used to play Boxel which was a box moving game and you had to move the boxes into certain locations to pass the stage that was a puzzle game of course right. um, there was Dexterity which was a a game that involved uh, flipping tiles like every time you walked over yeah tile, I remember I heard over. about that yeah and there would be enemies who flipped the tiles over the other way and you had to make all the tiles your color uh, that was a fun game to play. Samurai um, Showdown. Samurai Showdown? Yeah. That was an impressive port. It was super wow. deformed, and all the characters were, like, about the size of your thumb. But it was still, like, it, it's still, like, the engine, like, again, it was all about the engine. The engine felt good. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I don't oh, remember. Fist in, uh, huh? Sorry. No, I was going to mention it. I thought you were finished. Oh, I was, yeah, I was just going to say, I don't know if it, I, don't, I can't remember if the combos actually worked, but at least, like, jumping and moving and attacking felt really good. But, okay, your turn. Go, go ahead. Uh, Fist of North Star I had for Game Boy. Oh, I uh, remember that. The little tiny characters and then the, the fat guy. It was like the only big character in the game. It was like a quasi-fighting game. Yeah, it was a like a simple-ish fighting game. I don't it know about... It was really cool. Yeah. I really liked it. That was where I kind of really got yeah, into... Fist? The whole thing, yeah. Fist I actually Star. thought it was pretty bad. Like, I, I found it frustrating because, like... I would just be jumping around from side to side, charging up my fireball and letting it go. And that's how I beat one of the guys. And I'm like, anything else I try, I would die. So I'm going to use this cheap tactic, and it's going to work. Yeah, see, I used um, to only use Ken. So, like, any other character that I played with, yeah. I didn't know how to play with. So I was just like, uh, let me just play with Ken. I was, was it, 10. Wasn't Hart unable to jump? Or am I remembering it wrong? I think. I Hart, feel like, yeah. Wasn't Hart, like, the fat guy? Hart was the fat guy. Yeah, I think he was unable to jump. I'm not sure. Oh, my God. Oh my god! Oh, I'm oh. looking up all these games on Moby Games now because I want to see screenshots. <laughs> oh man! Oh, I would like to add that I still have an original Game Boy in my drawer. I don't. I don't um, think I have mine anymore. But at some yeah, point, I had taken my aunt's for safekeeping because she um, wasn't really gonna do anything with it. Right. So I was like, uh, let me have it. So it's in my drawer. The 
Game Boy Huge. I actually Game Boy Huge. I think I've yeah. I think I've had one of every Game Boy that was ever released. I had an original Game Boy. I had the Game Boy Color. Well, before the Game Boy Color came out, there were like three other Game Boys. It was the um, Game Boy. Uh, what was it called? Pocket. Yeah, Game Boy Pocket. I was gonna make a comment about all these. Screen. List them all off. Um, I had a Game Boy Light, which really only came out in Japan. It had the the like my Lanta Blue backlight. My Lanta um, Blue. Yeah, I, I, ever since you said that, I use that like all the time for anything that looks like fucking turquoise. You mean like the new fucking DSi? That's that that, that awful. Blue yeah. Um, yeah. So there was the Game Boy. There was the Game Boy Light. The Game Boy Pocket. Game Boy Color. Um, Game Boy Advance. Game Boy Advance SP. Game Boy uh, Micro. So you bought a, a micro, Game Boy didn't Micro. You? you bought a micro seven. with me. Hmm? You bought a micro with me. Yeah. So I have seven iterations of the shit. Game Boy. I was gonna say well, that like owned. What? Owned. Owned. Because um I don't have them anymore. I oh. have no idea where the hell what the hell I did with them. I was gonna say when you remarked about all the different variations that it's 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 kinda like I'm not. I don't want to credit necessarily Nintendo for this because I don't know if there are previous people who previous companies who did this. But it's like, for me, it was like my first memory of hardware iteration. Mm. Like iPod One G, iPod Second Generation, iPod Three G, Four G, iPod Touch. You know, like that, that that whole line to me started right. with like, oh, we got the Game Boy. It's all gray and ugly. Oh, look, we got colors. Oh, look, now it can fit in your pocket. Oh, look, we've got a color one. Oh, look, now we've got a color one that fits in your pocket. And then, and then they moved on to the SP, and it was like, like uh, you could probably put like a line of succession with the Game Boys next to a line of succession with iPods, and like notice a remarkably similar kind of like timeline. Not maybe not necessarily, yeah, timeline because like iPod was black and white at first, and it had the same like little old dot matrix screen, and then all that stuff, and yada yada yada. So yes, you heard it here first. Game Boy was the first uh, hardware iteration ever on Earth, which makes <laughs> which makes Nintendo better than all. No, no. They just make more money. But um, I, I, I mm. never got into the Pokemon thing, so Pete, why don't you and Al have a lovely discussion about Pokemon? Pokemon. No, that's gay. Pokemon. Uh, <laughs> what did you say? Remember. No, that's gay? Listen, no, that's okay. Okay. <laughs> um, I remember the four-player adapter. I'm reading about the Game Boy, and they're talking about the four-player adapter, which I believe my aunt still has. Hey, let's um, everybody turn it on at the same time. Yeah, and I, she had F1 Race. Oh, I used to love F1 Race. And I still have Super RC Program for Game Boy. Was that awesome R- was, was that top down like the uh, and, and tank controls like the uh, like the original? Oh yeah, it was exactly like the original. Oh. Except it was on Game Boy. Oh, I used to love that game. Here's another bad, <laughs> a bad uh, Game Boy game that was a worse NES game, RoboCop. Oh God. Revenge of the Gator. Oh my God, I want to buy this again. Revenge <laughs> of the Gator. Maybe this, it'll be available on DSi. It's an alligator that's that's whipping a tail at a pinball. It's so cute. It's a gator. It's also having its revenge um, <laughs> on gators. But, yeah. All right. This is a dead horse. Let me check the mail back to see if we have anything left. Yeah. This was a bad topic for me to be involved in because I really wasn't into portable gaming actually until the Nintendo DS and PSP. Because, mm. I mean, I had, like I said, I had a Game Gear. I had a Game Boy. But I really never used them that much because I just played shit on my consoles. Right, right. Although uh, I do think I remember playing uh, Link's Awakening. What is Roland's Curse? Oh, that was a good game. That, the the Zelda ones were a... good. We, oh, you and I still well. need to link up because we had I had Age of Se- Age of Oracle of Ages, and you had Oracle of Seasons, and we never linked up. 
Oh yeah, I, I managed to link up with someone else and get, got the whole story. Oh nice. uh, no, I think I know what I did. Uh, I borrowed their game and then finished the boat. I think I, I think I borrowed yours. Yeah. Mail but Roland's Curse was like a two-player RPG-ish kind of game. Um, um, I still love that. Ninja Gaiden Shadow? Are you kidding me? I wonder how bad that feels on a Game Boy. I don't know. Given, don't like, know. given how bad like Mega Man and shit like that. Oh my god, Ninja Gaiden Shadow li- links to sh- uh, uh, Shadow Warriors? What? And then these screenshots are in color. What the hell is Moby Games doing? They're probably using the Game Boy Color screen. No, these are like arcade shots. Oh, maybe they are taking the arcade shot. Of the Ninja Gaiden arcade game, which whenever you punched, your character would slowly shift to the bottom of the screen. What? Like, I remember when I played the arcade game for Ninja Gaiden and I'd punch, the dude would, like, shift down a pixel. And so if I kept kept on punching, he would eventually reach the bottom of the screen. And if there was a pit, he'd fall off. Awesome. I could be remembering the wrong game, but I remember there was something like that. And I could have sworn it was freaking Ninja Gaiden for arcade. My God. Oh, God. All right. No bail bag, we're done. Pete, where can people find you? Oh, jeez. Um, where can people find me? <laughs> you know, if uh, anybody if anybody won a contest or something and they need to find you, which well, you've said many times anybody before. Anybody who won a contest, you should forward me their stuff. But, uh, yeah, uh, if they want to contact me directly, I guess my email address is gsrybbn. So that, so that they don't spam what? you. What? 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 I said I, I, was gonna, <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say your Facebook so people don't spam you. Oh, uh, well, I don't care. <laughs> you like spam, don't you? Nobody's going to spam. Who's going to listen to this and spam me, seriously? The internet. I... The internet, Pete. Okay? The internet. Yeah, bots. Well, that bots. email address isn't like my important email address, so it's okay. Okay, so uh, 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 re-say it since I, since I butted in. Um, no, you know what? Fuck it. You can either go rewind those few seconds, or you can just, if you want, spam Austin, and if it's important, he can forward it to me. Um, yes. And, uh, yeah, so Facebook, Pete Vellucci Jr., and, uh... Two L's, two Twitter. C's. Yes, and Twitter at twitter.com slash Riven. Um, i not gonna give too much information, but I did register a domain name yesterday. Uh, Yay. yesterday from when we recorded this, not yesterday from when you're listening to this. And so I might have, like, I don't have hosting yet, and it might be a little while before I can get hosting for what I want to do with it, but I might have something to announce about that in the future. Nice, we're gonna bury you into the ground with, like, 20-ton weights. With with concrete shoes when it comes out, we have to we have to no we're, we'll buy you out. How much <laughs> you want? You don't even know what I'm gonna be doing yet. <laughs> sure, why not? Unless it's porn <laughs> <laughs> or something. I don't know. Uh, Al, where can they find you playing your hair? I can't. But if they wanted to find me playing games and guitar, they can go to xlm2k.blogspot.com. And what is I... your latest video on there? I put in full all my uh, beautiful Joe 2 endurance run um, thingies Thanks. from the last stage. And uh, they have, like, no captions or anything, so it's basically just raw footage. And um, a video of me playing Guitar Hero Metallica on one of the hardest songs in the game. Uh, after, like, four times of playing it. So Was it Dyer's yeah. Eve? That was the one, right? Yeah, it's Dyer's Eve. That was the only one? That's the one I yeah, watched. Yeah, I, I will probably do something later on. But I, I don't know. My time is so limited. It sucks. Dedalian Opus, Game Boy game. What is that? Oh, it's like wait it a was minute. like fit all these things into this block. Fit all fit I'm... all these Tetris pieces into this rectangle. Send, send me a link because I think I played that game. It's by Vic Tokai. I remember remember that. <laughs> yeah. All these old ass companies, Vic Tokai, um, 
Kemko Seika. Pictures. Kemko Seika. They they made um. Bugs Bunny's birthday blowout. Yes. <laughs> Bugs Bunny's birthday blowout. That was the it game that my sister tricked me with a with a box of Christmas cards. <laughs> they had an NES sized box with Christmas cards in them, and I opened it up and I said, yes, "Oh, the Dalian Opus." I remember this. Uh, I said, "Oh, thanks," and then she art. said, "That's not your real present. Don't worry." And then she gave me my real present, and I was happy. <laughs> and then, uh, be sure to listen to my trilobite. That was uh, you should have heard it already by this time. But if you haven't, it, uh, I posted it on Wednesday. Um, you can hear Pete's trilobite that's going up today. But when you Woo! hear this, this would have been the other day. So not today, but you know the real Saturday. Um, and then Al Al does not have a trilobite because he has more important things to do, like watch Twenty Four. And I say that with no tongue in cheek. I actually mean it. Twenty Four is more important than the Earth. So um, if then the Earth, then the Earth. So if you haven't watched Twenty Four and you're listening to this podcast, pause the podcast, go watch Twenty Four, and then come back and listen. Hey guys, yo, I'm gonna totally drag this out a little longer. Sure. If you could own any, if you could only own one arcade game or slash pin, arcade slash pinball game or anything like that, what would it be? Just one. Um, I used to have that answer. I don't anymore. When you say pinball, do you mean you mean like upright pinball game, right? Not video pinball. Right, right. Like something that would be in an ar- in in an arcade. I'll have to think of all. I have to eliminate all the things that I could get at home. So no more no Mar- no Marvel vs. Capcom. Um, that's a good question. Um, find the answer next week on the episode. Yeah, people, email in what you would own if you could own one. I would have to go with I, I I don't know what game yet, but I would at least I would narrow it down to a pinball game. Yeah, because you can't get those. Like you could get a better version of Rygar on the NES, even though it looked like shit. It was better than the arcade version, which was the same goddamn thing over and over and over and fucking over and over and over again. Yeah. And, like wait, okay, so are you? But but are you? Are are is your hypothetical question uh, taking into account the fact that yes, we can get Midway arcade classics at home? Or sure. are you saying in this? Okay, yes. so then yeah. In today's t- world, right now, today. Okay, fine. I'll make it easier. I'll pick one pinball and one arcade game because I I could choose one of each. But pinball to me is infinite, re- infinitely replayable. Because I would want a uh, Bride of Pinbot as my pinball. They arcade. made a Bride I, of I Pinbot never, game. I never played the Bride one. Yeah, oh, like wow. that's. That's I think I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. I mean, it's definitely it might be called something else, and it might be that might be the subtitle, but there's definitely a sequel to Pinbot and it has to do with a chick and she is the bride of Pinbot. I think nice. there was a there was a Pac-Man pinball game that was uh, the, the the casing was all yellow and shit. Let me see. Uh I would get that just because it's so weird looking. Do you have a favorite pinball game? I would get the game? Terminator 2 pinball game cuz I love that game. Oh, I never played that. That was pretty good. That one the, the one that had the uh like the little LCD game where you had to pull the trigger repeatedly. Yeah. I never <laughs> played that. Um Internet Pinball Machine Database. Ooh. Bally, Mr. and Mrs. Pac-Man. Um, I think this was it. No, this wasn't it, because it's not all yellow. Uh, but this is great. Go to I... I... P... <laughs> I as in insult, P as in penis, D as in dildo, B as in breast.org. Internet Pinball Machine Database. This is the greatest thing ever. I think I'm going to bookmark this. I love oh. the internet. The one I'm talking about is just so you know that is called apparently the machine bride of pinbot. Bride of pinbot. Let's see. Um, holy shit! There is a good picture of it on. Uh, holy IPDD, shit! She has she has boobs with grill lines in them, and she has a really manly chin. <laughs> Ew! That's gross. Uh, yes, it had a lot of sexual connotations. Oh, in the I've game. seen this. Oh my god! Which shit. one? 
Where have I seen this? Her nipples are, are flashing red lights. Yes. <laughs> That's terrible. Oh, man. It was a good game, though. No, I'm sure, no, I'm sure it was. I mean, <laughs> I'm just saying it's funny. Uh, Pac-Man. So what about arcade game, then, if, it, it discounting pinball games since we chose those? I'm not choosing Pac-Man because I got to I got to make sure it's the right one. But um, I don't while know. you're looking, Al. Yeah, you guys go. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I told you I had an answer. I would have immediately had an answer if it was like 15 years ago. What would that have been? That hypothetically, been the Simpsons or the Simpsons or uh, Ninja Turtles. See, yeah, mine would either be Simpsons or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and I think I like Simpsons more. Yeah, I think I like Simpsons more too because it hasn't been available in a home console. Yeah. So uh, and I think that it got more content. I never like made it through far enough either in either of those two games to actually tell how much content there was. I don't think I've ever beaten either one. You um, know what? I'm gonna call it Arkanoid with the little dial. I'm gonna say Arkanoid. And it and it would be it Arkanoid would be the tabletop version, so I could put my drink oh, on it. Oh, I know, I know a game, Outrunners, because that's like my favorite game. It has like my favorite. Uh, driving music, and it was the only two-player outrun until like the new outrun. But it was a two-player cabinet uh-huh. that had different um, cars, different types of cars, as opposed to just having like Ferraris and whatnot. It had like a dune buggy, and it had um, a Ferrari, and it had re- other different kinds of like cars, SUVs, and it had real physics such that if you played the dune buggy and just drove on the dirt the whole time. You know the dirt edges. You would actually go faster. Oh wow! Yes, yeah, so I used to win all my races by just driving with the dune buggy and um, putting on my music and just driving on the corners and winning. Right. It was awesome. Uh, I don't know if you guys heard me, but um, I said um, I said I, the Arkanoid has to be the has to be the tabletop one so that I could put drinks on it. <laughs> um, <laughs> there were too many pinball games, and I, I played them kind of interchangeably, so I can't really name one. The only one I remember, like I said, is pin uh, clearly is Pinbot, our Pinbot, and the the Pac-Man one, and it doesn't seem to be the one that I'm seeing here. So I don't know, um, because my favorite pinball game is actually not a real pinball game; it's a digital one. <laughs> so, um, but that would be high speed on on the NES. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if that ever came out on uh, as a real pinball machine before, but that was my pinball game. I liked it a lot. Okay. Um, but yes, okay, so yes, pinball, trilobite, stuff. Email us. Email us with your pinball slash arcade game. Um, answer Pete's question, answer Dende's question, which was, what classic arcade game do you think would have to be in an arcade if you were building one? Um, also, Best super email will win something from me. It'll be a random picture of the game you name. <laughs> also, Supersonic, you did not send us um, you saying video um, as, as was oh, requested yeah, by fails. Pete. So you fail. Um also, uh, nobody sent in a a, a pretentious uh, new name, new moniker for the term video game, so you still got Everyone that. Everyone fails. Everyone fails. Um, well, granted, when was the podcast posted? Uh, Wednesday. Yeah, maybe we need more time. Uh, that's three days. That's enough time. Okay. I'll give I'll give Supersonic one more week. Well, I mean, you can still do it. It's just you fail for this week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One more week, or I find you. You find him and. Uh, do ninja stuff to them <laughs> or whatever alright that's it from us we are going to go so for Al she's out for Pete I really don't do drugs for Slunks I am Slunks I left the podcast early I am Slunks I have been your host Mr. Chupan Austin, and we are <laughs>
Rap der Vater. I have a feeling it's all just, you know, hyperbole. It's just bullshit. Hyperbole. Yeah. <laughs> Pete, it's hyper. It's like. <laughs> I, I, I kind of want to leave that in there because you said a logarithm last episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. I kind of want to leave did, that in there. I didn't know how to pronounce the word. I was just like going off of my like rant and then I like. Hyperbole. came out wrong. <laughs> hyperbole. I th I think it's it's uh, it's all right. Maybe I should. Oh no no. Maybe I should cut out my correction and see if other people pick up on it. Oh God! It completely negates everything I say when like the final word I say is mispronounced. Hyperbole. <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh, he's making some good points. Wait, he's a fucking retard. <laughs> hyperbole. 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 Hyperbole.